with key ingredients supported by over 80 clinical trials. The exclusive formulation of the Bella Grace Elixir is changing lives everywhere. Ingesting collagen peptides alone is not very helpful. This is where most products fall short and where Bella Grace changes everything. Unlike other products, the Bella Grace Elixir controls the gene switches which activate collagen creation and disables the enzymes that break down the matrix. Bella Grace Elixir contains Verisol, the world's best and most clinically studied form of collagen. These elite collagen peptides influence the skin's collagen metabolism directly from the inside. Nature's most powerful antioxidant. 6,000 times more potent than vitamin C, Astereal Astaxanthin prevents the activation of gene switches that drive inflammation and activates the gene switch responsible for cellular repair and longevity, forming bridges across cell membranes, protecting them from free radical attack. Amazonian cat's claw suppresses the enzymes that degrade collagen and our skin matrix caused by oxidants and inflammation. It simply turns the switch off. The world's most studied collagen, plus activating the genes that make collagen, plus switching off the genes that break down collagen, has resulted in something the world has never experienced. The Bella Grace Elixir. Start your 30-day Bella Grace Challenge today. information about January 6th and the number of FBI informants who were in the crowd. Uh, and now we're seeing this terrible treatment by some people who were just in Washington, had nothing to do with it. What's your assessment there? It's terrible what happened. I mean, this to me is one of the great injustices in American history. We have people who are rotting in this D.C. prison. Uh, Jake Lang, he's been there almost three years. He's never had a trial. He's rotting in prison. He's just one of dozens upon dozens of people. And now we're starting to see this video pour out, the 40-plus thousand hours that Mike Johnson is finally putting out, and he needs to put all of it out quickly. And we're seeing the treatment that these people who were just there protesting, peacefully protesting. We saw a grandmother being thrown down a flight of stairs by Capitol Police. We're seeing people being beaten by Capitol Police. Now, we want to get to the bottom of it because we don't want American citizens held as political prisoners, and that's what we have right now. We've got to get to the bottom of this. The conditions inside that D.C. jail are medieval, and uh, we can't forget these men who are being held right now. They, they are uh, trespassing charges and you're facing more than a year behind bars or eight years behind bars. Meanwhile, these pro-Hamas protesters who were uh, defacing uh, property like the White House and were in the Capitol got slapped on the wrist and all of their charges dropped. It doesn't make any sense. It's a two-tier level of justice and the American people are wisening up to it.
Yeah, and, and you also have uh, James Comer with me just a few moments ago talking about the weaponization, that they're getting stonewalled. The DOJ is, is playing politics and all of this. It's happening everywhere. You know, President Trump, I'm honored to have his endorsement in this, but he says it all the time. They're not really after me. They're after you. Right. I'm just standing in the way. Uh, Carrie Lake, good to see you this morning. Thanks very much. Arizona Senate candidate Carrie Lake. Thank you. Previously on the Pete Santilli Show. We need to be disruptive, as disruptive as possible. Yeah, and I think that it, it make it hard to be ungovernable, I think, is... Okay, can I ask you I'm going to throw a scenario at, at you. You ready? You ready? I'm going to yeah. throw a scenario at you. Mm-hmm. All right? Knock, knock, knock. Uh, hello, uh, Deb Jordan? Yes. We're going to do a role play. You ready? Mm-hmm. Hi, uh, my name is uh, uh, Bob Smith, and I'm with the FBI. Uh, we just wanted to... Uh, Sit down with you and have a little conversation with you. No. No. Have have a conversation with my attorney. Yours is not hard. You can even say it nicer than that. Say with all due respect, uh, you must think I'm stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You must think I'm dumb. We know how that goes. You have nothing. You just want to have a conversation with me. And we end up like General Flynn, right? Uh, You have nothing. You don't have a warrant. So therefore, you want to sit down with me. Mm -hmm. And you want to have a conversation. Any idiot that speaks to the FBI, seriously, without an attorney, you're an idiot. Right. You are. And that's it. That's all there is to it. You're dangling. Because they have nothing. The only reason why they're not going to come and talk to you because they want to have a conversation with you. That's it. That's all there is to it. And by the way, their job is to de-escalate every single situation. Okay? They're supposed to pretend to be nice. That way you think that they're nice. Okay? What you need to do is resist. Yeah. Okay? Um, FBI comes to you. You can't put your hands up. Say, no, I'm not going to. You put them up for me. Hmm. How about that? You're that concerned, right? Sit down on the ground. No, you make me. I'm not going to help you arrest me. They're the criminals, folks. They're the criminals. Don't help them arresting you. Some, all right, here's another one. You ready? Ready. Uh, all right, walking down the street. You're walking down the street. I'm a police officer. Can I stop you? I say, hi, Deb Jordan. Uh, where are you going? Where are you headed, Deb? Oh, we're role-playing again? Yeah. Okay. Um, none where are you your, going? None of your business. No. Uh, here's another way. You ready? I would be like... Anywhere I want. <laughs> I'd be like... I would be like... Uh, am I, are you detaining me? Mm-hmm. Am I free to go? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Be respectful. Of course. You don't have to tell police where you're going. You don't. And by, by the way, the dumbest thing that conservatives say, well, I'm not, I, we back the blue. If I didn't do anything wrong, I'm a, and 
here in Dangalang. Look what they did to the back to bluers on January 6th. These men are brilliant. They are brilliant. They're masterminds. And what they look for is the vulnerabilities uh, as to where are we dropping the ball. And they're, they're, you know, so the people internally, whether they be incompetent or, you know, or, or weaponizing government, the masterminds are looking at that saying, wow, here's a great way to sneak in, sneak one in under the radar. In every society, there are people who are against this society. They may be simple criminals, ideologically in disagreement with the, with the state policy, conscientious enemies, simply psychotic personalities who are against anything. And finally, there are a small group of agents of a foreign nation, bought, subverted, recruited. The moment all these movements will be directed in one direction, Right? This is the time to catch that movement and to continue until the movement forces the whole society into collapse, into crisis. Right? So that's exactly the martial art tactic. We don't stop an enemy. We let him go. We help him to go in the direction we want them to go. Right? So. I'm the best ever. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. They're gonna fear me. You have to be the champion before you become the champion, so that means lifestyle. You have to be him before you become him. You gotta be him before you become him. You look at somebody, I want to be like him. You don't say, hey, I'm a bad mother. I want to fight everybody out here and nobody's going to kick my ass. You see somebody and say, hey, I might want to do that. Well, greatness is when you make your delusions your reality. Nothing's impossible for somebody who's going to try. If you're going to try, it's capable of being done. But you'd fight Tyson Fury. Yeah, I fight a lion if the price is right. <laughs> My whole objective is your total surrender, your total domination. I'm gonna destroy you. That's why Rogan said when he watched you, you were intimidating. Your rage is a very unique rage. Well, that's their fault to be intimidated. How you gonna let somebody scare you for something you worked for? I respect the person who's willing to die for what he truly wants. Ali had the will to win like nobody that ever lived in boxing. He believed he projected to his opponent. Really look at how does Ali beat George Foreman? How does Ali beat Sonny Liston? How do he beat these guys? How did he even beat Joe Frazier? Fighting the way he fights. He beat them because he refused to lose. But we have to believe that we're divine and that we learn from our experience because confidence breeds success and success breeds confidence. They go hand in hand. You have to know who you are first. You know you, I know who I am. People say they're great all the time, you this, you that. Whatever they say, I, I know who I am. Without self-love, you're nothing. Because self-love is discipline. And discipline is doing what you hate to do, but do it like you love it. I never wanted to be obscure. I was born in obscurity and I never wanted to deal with that again. I'm invincible, I'm a savage, I'm ferocious. I'm the smartest savage. I knew I wasn't going to die before I became champ. Heavyweight!
When this is over, everybody's gonna know my name. Did you ever fight somebody that you were like, that they got you? Was there ever a kid that got you or no? Absolutely. In order to be good, you have to lose it to understand loss. Because loss is life. Adversity makes the strong stronger or the weak weaker. What happens next? So get arrested, and I see Muhammad Ali come to visit the institution that I'm in. You said you're in jail, and Ali shows up. I'm 12 years old, and Ali comes in, and, and they showed the movie The Greatest first. So this is '77, and um, after the movie, the lights come over, and Ali comes in, and I see him. I, well, I want to be just like him. I don't know how it happened. The spirit hit me. Boom! I want to be like him. And then I get transferred to this other facility, you know, for real bad kids. I met a gentleman there that was a boxer and he used to teach me how to box. So he took me to a great trainer named Customato and that's why I'm here. What is our common bond truly? Freedom. Freedom! Without freedom, you can't be a Christian no matter what denomination you belong to. You can't be a Buddhist. You can't own a donut shop. You can't drive from here to Oregon. You can't be an American because that's what it's all about. And it's the only thing that it's all about. Nothing else. Nothing else. It's about freedom. There's a time to pray and there's a time to stand. I am not frightened of these people. I, I've spent my life serving others and, and I love my country. This thing is not gonna just slip away. They're not gonna take us without a fight. I'm gonna fight legally and peacefully and within the parameters of the constitution that I've sworn to serve, but they're going down. These, these men and their high perch and their, their position of power and authority and are walking upon our entire history, our deepest core principles. They're not gonna get away with it. They have so far. We'll see. Quick, 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 quick. Everybody, come on. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Pete Santelli here, live from a bunker in downtown Cincinnati, Ohio. There it is, right there. Look at that. Woohoo! Downtown Cincinnati, Ohio. Sun coming up, slight overcast. It's winter. 
and I need to fix that. Stand by. Hold on. I'll, I will fix that. Yes, I will. Stand by. Karen, are we doing okay? Hi, Karen. Hi, Karen. We are. Okay. Angie, we're doing okay. I hit the button too soon, Deb. Uh, are you okay with that? I'm going to put you uh, on microphone and away we go. Uh, top of the morning to everybody. Mm -hmm. Debbie, Debbie, Debbie. Can't Debbie, you see? Debbie. Huh? Debbie, Debbie. Yes. And yeah. I don't know who changed that, but there you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. There well, we you go. You look nice this morning. I love your, your new backdrop. It looks very nice. You like the it? The city of Cincinnati in the wintertime. That's what it looks like. Good morning, everybody. Yes, it is. Good yeah. morning to everybody. Good morning, good morning. Uh, okay, we got a busy show this morning. Mm -hmm. I, wa I want you to say hello to everybody. I and will. And locals uh, having fun now, yeah. RL Trucker says. What's up, R? So, what? What's going on over at Locals? I don't know, but good morning to everybody over at Locals. We're happy that you guys are with we us. We have more than three people on Locals. That's <laughs> Oh, I'm it's sure. physically impossible. Well, Hold on, let me refresh here. I gotta tell you guys, uh, we want to welcome into our rumble. Oh, okay, there we are. We got it. Oh, plus we got tips already. I'll see. So okay. I, uh, we want to welcome everybody right over on our Ryan. rumble over um, from Frank's Beach that is joining us in our rumble chat this morning because Frank's Beach over there they're all on vacation. They'll be back January the third, and you guys can catch us over there. Um, Frank's speech again on January 3rd. So that's awesome, right? Taking a little Christmas break, everybody over at Frank's speech and Lindell TV. So. Local's video went down. Oh, oh you know why? Uh, because I did a little refresh. Stand by. Hold on. Mm. Here it comes. Hold on. Yeah. So good morning. Good morning. There we are. Deb, the co-host. Love that. Deb. Morning. MAGA. Liberals blow. Yes. At Deb, the co-host, if you're following me over there on X, I said, I definitely have an opinion over there, huh? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. I, you know, just some of the nonsense that happens gets on my nerves, right? So I have yes. to take breaks from it. But there's such a free flow of information over on X now, right now, at this point, uh, I don't know how that's going to last throughout 2024. We shall see because they're going to come after Elon Musk or anybody who is like not with the program. Let me tell you, I can feel it, but we are going to fight it and we are going to just keep doing what we've always done. Amen. Make sure that you guys keep us, um, keep all of our links and, and how to catch us and where to find us. Make sure you guys know exactly where to go in case we're, taken down from, you know, other platforms. I don't foresee that on Rumble. Rumble's a great place. Frank's Beach is a great place. And so is local. So um, I know that we do get her once in a while too, I think still. So um, make sure that you have all of our links. All right. Get prepared for 2024. They're coming after us and we're ready for the fight. Right. So good morning to Ankh. He says, please support independent media, the Pete Santilli show. You can send uh, a donation payable to Peter Santilli, P.O. Box 30122 in Cincinnati, Ohio, 45230. Thank you very, very much. And yes. there's Miss Angie. She's in the house. Pete, as always, and Trump Gal for Life, good morning to you. 
and Sassy Lady. Good morning, Sassy Lady. And Caressa Diaz, good morning to you. Clee Bart, you guys are amazing. Thank you for being with us. Pete. Mm. <laughs> That's how he answers me all the time, yes. by the way. He's like, hmm. Mm. Yes. Mm. What? There we go. 3878. We got a busy show. So uh, this is what I'd like to get to. Now, Craig Winklewitz is going to be joining me. All mm -hmm. right. Uh, he is market analyst extraordinaire. Uh, mm -hmm. The elite of the elite of the elite traders. You'll see that. Mm -hmm. um, we have some breaking news. All right. And the news, if you remember the housing market back in 2007, 2008, uh, Karen, remember? 2007, 2008. Do you remember back oh, yeah. in the day when I was, uh, was that, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was out on the speaking circuit. I'm throw, throwing up charts. People, you know, really weren't into charts, but I'm like, you see this? This is unsustainable. Okay. And uh, what we have right now shaping up is going to make 2007, 2008 look like a, a barbecue. Mm. Okay. This is a five alarm blaze. Unsustainable. You're going to take a look at the markets. You guys need to know about this because go now today. All right. Today is a day that we're expecting some things to start happening. All right. Um, if you have not picked up the phone and contacted uh, Dr. Kirk Elliott and you were just holding off because I didn't make it urgent enough, um, let's put it this way. Uh, I'm going to be contacting Dr. Kirk Elliott because silver, okay, is expected. And, and here's his telephone number too, by the way. I'm going to put it across the bottom of the screen, 720 um, 605-3900, okay? Or go to kirkelliotphd.com forward slash Santilli, all right? Contact Dr. Kirk. Um, I'm going to be making a purchase of silver. I'm going to be. No doubt about it. Um, just because of the current market situation. Um, and the anticipation is just absolutely killing me. Hmm? What about you, Deb Jordan? Yes. Yes. Give me one second. I got to fix something here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh -huh. Yes. What? Uh, what is it? Two. There's number two. Let me do that. Debbie. Debbie. Just let me fix something. Mm -hmm. We got a little minor technical glitch. Uh, how is everybody doing? Let us know in the chat room, and I'll be taking a look at that here momentarily. Now, uh, I did an interview, a great one with, um, retired Colonel Ivan Raiklin. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, he agrees with me that we should expect to see some pretty spectacular things right out of the gates in 2024. Okay. Hold on a second. Please forgive me. Yes, you are forgiven. Mm -hmm. You Thank are you. forgiven. So just hang tight, everybody. We're getting that uh, straightened out. So 
But yes, Ivan Raiklin, we have an interview with him coming up here real shortly. Yes. Wait until you guys hear what Ivan has to say. Uh, when he and Pete get together, oh, right? yeah, as it with was all epic. your guests, Pete, yeah. uh, you bring new topics from those people that we know, mm-hmm. uh, and you have great discussions with them. So we're very excited to bring you guys that. Listen, don't forget. It is- who said, uh, hold on a second. Somebody said scary. Scary, but also, yeah, uh, but also exciting. Yeah, no, uh, everybody uh, needs to feel very positive, right? Tedros, Boutros, whatever the frig that unelected globalist communist uh, dictator is, Mm -hmm. said he's going to, oh, the the food supply chain is due to the the economy. Guess what? We're going to have a freaking barbecue today, every day. I'm going to fire up the barbecue. Every day, you freaking communist, come get me. Okay, I'm going to eat beef. I'm going to fire up the barbecue and you can take your communist unelected crap and shove it up your keister. There There you go. go. Now everybody knows how you exactly. Listen, you mess with my freaking steak. Okay. (laughs) Uh Well, they said we will eat the bugs and we will be happy. We'll have nothing and we will be happier people because we have nothing. That is is Marxism, right? It's like. You, well, well, guess who's saying this to us, though? Who? A bunch of unelected people. Sure. Okay. They're going to tell me what I can and can't have. That actually get that that actually get more are given more and more power over global governing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, every single day, and yeah. people just aren't paying attention to how much power they're even being given. In the United States of America, right? I mean, mm. and people are not paying attention. And it, it's shocking, really, like uh, over our food, over our health care, over everything. I mean, it, it's, some, it's really quite amazing to watch all of you it know, happen. Steve Bannon, I heard him say it last night. Mm-hmm. You may not be, we may not be the smartest people on planet Earth. We, we're not the smartest people. We're not the richest people, but we're the most freaking belligerent people, aren't we? Huh? We used to be. Uh, I'm waiting to see if if people still have it in them. If well, they still have it in them after January the sixth. However, many there 9/11 are. Nine eleven style Listen, psyop that's happening. There's going to be a small group of us, okay, mm-hmm. that are going to leave everyone else in the dust for the feeders to just watch mm-hmm. on and consume off of everyone. You know the uh, you know the, the worst are some of these Christian conservatives, especially, Mm. Um, you know, like if you don't do their proper Christianity and you're not reading and interpreting their version of the, you know, I mean, they're so exclusionary, Mm -hmm. worse than a freaking BLM uh, activist, you know, they're more diverse equity and inclusion. Those people will welcome us, uh, Mm. especially if we start bashing Christians. Mm. Um, But guess what? You feeders are going to be left in the dust. Uh, now, I am not talking to you because you're on our show. You're going to take action. I don't want to hear one excuse from anybody. Everyone is going to be participating here on this show. We're not talking about you. Mm. All right. But somebody that drops in and you are just a leeching, feeding, you know, ride on President Trump's coattails and trust the planner. Okay. Okay. Get out of the way, okay? 
because we're going to kick your butt. I left a message for the FBI this morning. Oh, boy. Yeah. I said, hey, dear FBI, make sure you tune into the Pete Santilli show. We're so transparent. We render all of your, you know, it's very sophisticated spy software, you know, because they got that FISA update until extended until April. Joe Biden, of uh -huh. course, he's launching uh, airstrikes and he's uh, also extending uh, FISA pr provisions. Who's the bottom feeders, sassy lady? I don't know. Uh, not you, sassy. Not you, but have you noticed that? No, not, not, our, literally, not, not our, us. Not our regular not our people. Listener. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about. I'm talking about Americans. Yeah. I mean, you know what? Let me tell you something. We have, let me tell you, let me give you an example. Our borders being overrun and people are sitting there saying, our borders being overrun. Oh, okay, thanks. Speaking of that, what? Uh, Caressa Diaz says, Pete, how soon do you think we will see an active draft for the military in our country? Can I answer that? It's already happening. That's part of what this invasion yeah, is about. Yeah. They're not, they, listen, these are all military age young men. Trump gal for life. Look at that. Dollar Brigade reporting for duty. Pete and Deb love you both hugely with a $20 a $20 rumble wrap. We could not do it without you. Thank you. So let me, let me finish here. This is an important, this is important, Pete. But before you say it, okay, on the draft, mm -hmm. all right, mm -hmm. we don't have to draft our listenership. Every single person is going to be actively involved in taking this thing back. Mm -hmm. Are we not? Is there anybody that's not? Okay, go. Oh, we're drafting. Go ahead. So, I mean, it's not like officially uh, a draft, but but I mean, just look at these young men that are coming, you know, over the border mm. by the thousands, right? And they're complaining. If you if you can connect the dots, which is pretty easy to do, uh, they're complaining because the enrollment in the military in the United States is down real low, and morale is down, and these are fighting age men who come from four parts of the, this hemisphere. They're coming in here and I'm telling you, wait for it to happen and it's probably gonna happen in 2024. They're going to offer these people, they're gonna say it's offering them military. Uh, they can join our military and be set, right? And uh, that's, what, that's what's gonna happen here. They're not gonna have to have like the, the draft per se. And, and we are going to be, uh, our military is going to be fighting age young men from South America and all over South America, communists, right? And people who do not have any, um, any allegiance to the United States of America, no allegiance to our constitution. And they don't care about you. They don't care. They don't. And, and I think, I think, you know, the thing, I don't think it's the overseas wars that we have to worry about. I think they're bringing it to our individual doorsteps here very, very soon. And they need machines and that don't care. And they've got them. So. Oh, Miss Q, if you're not going to stand and fight for America, sit down and get out of the way. You're blocking our view. Boom. That's bam. what I'm talking about. Right. Bam, bam, bam. Is there anybody? Okay, tomorrow, a major announcement is going to be made. Uh, Scott McKay and Vandersteel, myself, we're going to put out a broadcast because I'm going to tell you something right now. Mm -hmm. This is the perfect storm, okay? It is. The storm is upon us. I'm going to tell you that right now, okay? And
and we're going to provide an update to everybody um, about uh, this marathon, all right, and what is happening right now with Tactical Civics, all right? You're going to get that update tomorrow. So, um, Ann Vandersteel always brings it absolutely. Oh, you can't even imagine the godly patriots that have assembled for this thing. We are um, Americans. Start acting we, like one. We are yeah. Americans, okay? If an illegal gets shot at the border, would anyone hear the shot similar uh, to a tree falling in the forest? Does anyone hear it? Mm -hmm. uh, Muckraker has published an article, all right? And it's a very serious one. Before we get to Catherine Harridge's report. No, actually, you know what? Say Pete, stay focused. Pete, stay focused. Okay. <laughs> Pete, stay focused. Here's. Stay focused. Here's what Catherine Harridge, um, she's a former Fox News CIA person, and she went over to um, she went over to uh, CBS, mm -hmm. CBS CIA Mockingbird Media. She is a CIA expert. She hangs out with the CIA. She is CIA. All right, um, and she is telegraphing something that everyone needs to know about. Great Mercenary Army against We the People. Great Mercenary Army. Who's the Mercenary Army? All of these people that are coming up from South America. I'm telling you. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. Just, just watch. Just watch and see what what's going to happen here. Oh yeah, we're right? we're gonna we're gonna be covering that. Mm -hmm. um, what I want everyone to do is first of all listen to this and listen closely. They're telling you that they're about to kill you. All right. Mm. What what she's referring to, a black swan event and we're divided and all this stuff. They're going to kill you. Do you understand that? All right. Everybody sober up. The only thing that everybody knows right now, including me, okay, I'm just regurgitating stuff. The only thing that everybody knows is what you've been told mm. and your entire life you've been lied to. How does that make you feel? Yeah, right? that's about the way it is. Everything you know is what you've been told. And what you've been told was a lie. Mm. It's a lie. You leftists uh, that are like super vaxxers and uh, mm. hyper boosters and all of you people are injecting yourselves with a military designed uh, uh, genetic modifier. Okay. 600,000 people died as a result of the bioweapon and the jab. And that doesn't count the people that died on remdesivir when that was installed in the COVID protocols. That's just an example, okay? Mm -hmm. Just an example. Yeah, uh, yeah all right, listen to me. Uh, uh, before I get to Harridge, do you remember in Event 201, Avril Haynes? Does everyone remember? I'm going to ask people in our chat room, by the way, Okay. Mm -hmm. I know you guys talk a lot about your ingredients in your food and stuff. No, and I want to make sure that our huh? group doesn't do oh that. Oh my God. People are like, oh, I'm making great poupon, blah, blah, blah. There's like men in there talking about food ingredients. That's I'm awesome. Like, huh? I think that's awesome. No, you need to be digging in your mm -hmm. MREs for enough crackers to keep you uh, nourished enough to point your muzzle down range. I don't want to hear from grown men mm. talking about great poupon right no? now because we're at war. That's why. Okay. Keep going. Let's what do you mean? Okay. Keep going. Don't dismiss me like that. <laughs> okay. Yes. 
Yes, sir. Look at me. <laughs> Hi. Hi. It's all pretend, you guys. It's just a fake front. All right. You're, you're funny. I'm just, I'm like the dogs. I'm just a treat receptacle. <laughs> I got a mean bark. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But I'm actually really scared of Deb. Yeah. He's scared to death of me. <laughs> you could tell. Yes. I am. You know, I am, mommy. Yeah. Yeah. No. All right. So, anyways, remember Averill Haynes, what she said about this information. What does she say about this information? You remember when she's sitting there at event 201? Yeah. yeah. How was she going to, how was she proposing overcoming uh, the disinformation? Uh, because they had to flood the zone with oh, information. Oh, you, seriously, I'm going to come over there and tackle you <laughs> with, huh? With love. Yeah. Oh, my girl. Good job. Had yeah. to flood the zone, right? Mm hmm Listen to this guy right here. They had to get ahead of it. Listen they, to this guy right did. here. Listen to this. Mm -hmm. Ready? Understand, it's not necessary for people to believe this information in order to weaken democratic institutions. You just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Once they lose trust in their leaders, in mainstream media, in political institutions, in each other, in the possibility. You gotta flood the zone. That's big exactly. thing about flooding the zone. You know, the first he, time this CIA puke, okay, needs to be arrested, tried, convicted for treason against the United States of America just for Operation Zero Footprint. Mm -hmm. Arming our enemies that were, you know, uh, those bullets were used to shoot our soldiers. That guy needs to be arrested and then shot for treason I guess it was as like, a penalty. I guess it was like two days ago that you played that for as me. As a penalty. And, and I've got to tell you, mm -hmm. the first time I heard it, I was like, oh my gosh. It, it Barack Obama was always really, really good at this, right? He was... He was always good at telling you exactly what they were doing and and blaming it on the other guy. Like, mm -hmm. he has no part of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's giving you this big information that you, of course, already know and you're dead set against it. But he's speaking to you and he's, mm -hmm. and he's grooming you and he's telling you that's what the bad people are doing. I, Barack Obama, would never do such a thing. And it's just horrible what's happening, right? But he's telling you exactly what they do and what he depended on mm -hmm. during his whole presidency. Yep. And then during the presidency of Donald J. Trump so that they could subvert a presidency, mm -hmm. right? He, he practiced all of that and was engaged in all of that the whole time he was president and the whole time that, um, that Donald J. Trump was the president. Who, who would have ever thought that a man who was president got caught red-handed spying on an incoming president and never suffer any consequences for He's it. a dumb freaking house negro. That's what he is. He mm. thinks he can get away with it with all of his little high technology. Well, he, well, and, and he's super eye spy, 
CIA guy, and he got caught doing everything. Well, so I mean, far just he a has dumb gotten by with it. Though. Dumpster diver. You know, so? that's what happens when you pull a freaking homeless guy out of a dumpster and give him a credit card and patent leather shoes and a freaking pimp hat. Well, you end up uh, what? First of all, Barack you end up Obama, like Barack Obama. Barack Obama was not homeless. As a matter of fact, he and Michelle Obama both it's were raised in a very I know. privileged families. Yes, upper middle class Even in still, society. A dumb house negro. There you go. Well, that's raised what, with that's privilege. what Malcolm X would have called him. Exactly, no and that's doubt. not a racist thing. Malcolm X would have called him that. Oh yeah, dumb freaking Uncle Tom, uh, house negro. CIA guy, all right? He's a freaking homo, all right? Uh, Larry Sinclair. Mm -hmm. I have evidence of that. I'm not just homophobic. Well, I mean, I think it's right? obvious that there was something that happened there, right? I mean, yeah, he's CIA. He, he needs to be arrested, tried, convicted for treason. Uh, even for what he knew about Benghazi. Did you know what he did during Benghazi? Did you know the night of Benghazi, what he did? Well, I he mean, I flew seen... to Las Vegas to go to a freaking Beyonce concert. Did you know that? Yes. We yeah. covered that back in the day. Thank mm -hmm. you for reminding me. Yeah. We covered that. We said, what the hell's going on? And, and to be fair, I mean, this is not like I'm taking up for Hillary Clinton here, right? I'm not. But she took all the fire, you know, so that he wouldn't have to. Mm -hmm. She took all the slings and arrows, Hillary mm -hmm. Clinton did. And Barack Obama pretty much in the whole Benghazi thing. He came out of that pretty unscathed, don't you think? Mm -hmm. You know, he, he did. And because he he can still stand up and say, and they all can still stand up and say, and I heard somebody say it just the other day, that Barack Obama was the president who had no scandals. He had none. He was the clean, squeaky clean president of the United States, right? And because everybody else, all the stuff that he was doing, everybody else took took the slings and arrows for him. And, and he was never held accountable for anything that he put his name to behind the, you know, behind closed doors. Like Hillary Clinton, she's the one who had her ass drug into, in front of Congress and was questioned. And the media went after and everybody, all the researchers, everybody goes after Hillary Clinton and, and hardly anybody went after Barack Obama and he was the president of the United States, wasn't he? Supposed to be. And they say that he still is. You think that he is, Pete? And you think he's got his wish and he's sitting in his basement and in his sweats telling, uh, telling uh, Biden what to do and how to do it? I mean, it surely seems that way to me. It surely seems that way to me. It does. Um, yeah. So, uh, let's listen to uh, CIA Mockingbird-ite, Catherine Herridge, all right, warning the world. You see that they have this interesting uh, uh, immoral code. You know, they got to tell you that they're going to mm -hmm. kill you right before they kill you, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Um, Listen to Catherine Harridge. Here we go. Here we go. Aha. Well, mine's a little dark. I just feel a lot of concern that 2024 may be the year of a black swan event. 
This is a national security event with high impact that's very hard to predict. Um, there are a number of cons uh, concerns that I have that factor into that, and not only this uh, sort of enduring heightened threat level that we're facing, uh, the wars in Israel, also Ukraine, and we're so divided in this country in ways that we haven't seen before, and I think that just creates fertile ground for our adversaries like North Korea, China, and Iran, and that's what uh, concerns me most. Well, mine's a little dark. I just feel a lot of concern that 2024 may be the year of a black swan event. Hmm. What is a black swan event? It's a freaking me mechanical uh, bird, okay? Made specially designed for the global elite that want to kill us. You think I'm joking? No, I don't think you are at all. Uh, look at this. I'm going to do this. Um, right Rico. Suave says Black Swan equals CIA and elite That's right. way mm -hmm. of covering forward slash or slash uh, diverting attention. That's right. This is what I'm going to do. Uh, forget their, yep. their Black Swan event. You ready? Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this right here. Uh, I'm flying by the seat of my pants here mm, in a good way. You ready? place so what is she saying here pete I she's mean, you, know, you want me to tell you what she's saying i've been saying this over and over again all right mm -hmm. once you see people flying out of the world trade center okay to their death you don't sit there for a week and watch people die you you know they're killing us it's time for us to start killing back mm. all right what oh don't say that we're not allowed to say that i'm not i'm not calling for violence that's in defense of humanity um, uh, we need some freaking lone gunmen. Just kidding. <laughs> they hate when I say that. Huh? You oh should. my goodness. It's so irresponsible. Mm -hmm. Huh? Isn't it? Well, you know, look, I mean, I think that's what she's talking about. They have, they have, Here. there is this. Here, the, listen to the this. The scene has been set. Listen. Is it, basically what she's saying. It's been set for hundreds of years. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you have think tankers like this freaking idiot right here. Ready? Look, the, the, the sanctions are starting to bite in Iran's economy. And we are going to learn before too long Who's that? What, how much priority the Supreme Leader places on that. We are in the game. Uh, and it is distinctly possible that he would be prepared to see Iran become North Korea. That may be a desirable model for him. Uh, I don't think it's a desirable model for the Iranian people at all. I don't think that's what they want. And I think he'd face a lot of resistance if he tried to push that idea through. But that is possible. I mean, this is a man who seems to place such high priority on revolutionary fervor. And we will find that out. I don't know. Uh, but I would just like to suggest that uh, uh, one can combine other means of pressure with sanctions. Uh, I mentioned that explosion uh, on August 17th. Uh, we could step up the pressure. I mean, look, people, Iranian submarines periodically go down. Someday one of them might not come up. Who would know why? <laughs> we can do a variety of things if we wish to increase the pressure. I'm not advocating that. 
But I'm just suggesting that uh, it, 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 this, this is not a, a either-or proposition of, you know, it's just sanctions has to, has to succeed or other things. We are in the game of using covert means against the Iranians. We, we could get nastier at that. Oh, yeah. Watch this. <laughs> There we go. Sorry. Uh I just wanted you to hear that background noise right there. Okay. These are, these are uh, subverters. These are, um, my God. Listen to Larry Grathwalt. When I say they're going to kill you. I brought up the subject of what's going to happen after we take over the government. Uh, you know, we we become responsible then for administrating, you know, 250 million people. And there was no answers. No one had given any thought to economics. How are you going to clothe and feed these people? The only thing that I could get was that they expected that the Cubans and the North Vietnamese and the Chinese and the Russians would all want to occupy different portions of the United States. They also believed that their immediate responsibility would be to protect against what they called the counter-revolution. And um, they felt that this counter-revolution could best be guarded against by creating and establishing re-education centers in the Southwest, uh, where we would take all the people who needed to be re-educated into the new way of thinking and teach them how things were going to be. I ask, well, what is going to happen to those people that we can't re-educate, that are die-hard cap- capitalists? And the reply was that they'd have to be eliminated. And when I pursued this further, they estimated that they would have to eliminate 25 million people in these re-education centers. And when I say eliminate, I mean kill 25 million people. I want you to imagine sitting in a room with 25 people, most of which have graduate degrees from Columbia and other well-known educational centers, and hear them figuring out the logistics for the elimination of 25 million people. And they were dead serious. When I say they're going to kill you, okay, That man, Larry Grathwall, one of our nation's greatest heroes, period, Mm -hmm. period. He infiltrated that organization that you would want to infiltrate in the living room of Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn. Terrorists. And they're they're still. Bombers. And they're still at it. Remember, they're best friends with the Obamas. Uh, Michelle Obama went to uh, work at the same law firm as Bernadine Dorn. They became really good friends. Uh, they, they're they all Chicago. It's like this uh, unspoken of Chicago organization slash mafia type organizations that they've put together. And Antifa, Bill Ayers is allowed to function in the United States of America. He has his own little Antifa team. 
yeah. that they trained. Yeah. They became they became professors, right? And lawyers, you know, after Bill Clinton pardoned them, they yeah. came right back into the United States and they're still at it. If you guys have you ever watched Man in the High Castle? Every time I hear Larry Grathwall, Mr. Grathwall, uh, and his daughter is a very good friend of ours. And I want to thank Mrs. Grathwall for sending uh, Lindsay, us a beautiful if, if, Christmas if card Lindsay this year. Lindsay or her family, by the way, if Lindsay or her family, um, she's, she's always been just in the background of our life. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. She came with us to Washington, D.C. for January 6th. Mm -hmm. You know, she's got, oh, I still have her sign, um, you know, mm -hmm. uh, down with communism. Yeah. She's an anti-communist. She goes after Bill Ayers. Okay? Yes, she does. And and, and Larry, I'm going to The guy I'm you just tell, I saw, his daughter is Lindsay Grathwall. And you know, if you've watched our show long enough, you yeah. know exactly who Lindsay is. And Lindsay has picked up the mantle of her father. And again, in case you didn't hear me, Mrs. Grathwell, thank you for the beautiful Christmas card. Oh my card. goodness! It was um, and the and the to note, receive I mean, a handwritten amazing. note. Mm -hmm. Okay, a yeah. handwritten note from Larry Grathwell's um, uh, wife mm -hmm. is probably one of the highest honors that I could ever receive, having yeah. done this since 2011. Yeah, it was beautiful. She's was probably beautiful. listening right now. I hope so. And, and I'm not just saying this because she wrote me a Christmas card, but those words, they were already written. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and she, um, she anyways, she's, she sent me some private words about Larry, about, you know, our show and what we do. Our show is um, right now very important. We're going to, in by by january right now it's already building mm -hmm. we are building the most powerful grassroots movement our nation has ever seen this is way 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 above and beyond even maga okay above and beyond maga M maga is a big part of it if you want to be maga if you want to be anything i'm going to tell you something right now what we're building okay uh, the message I left the the FBI, you tune into this show, okay? And you better have your Taco Bell application pre-filled out because you're going to be freaking jobless. You're a spy agency, and you're setting up things like the World Trade Center 1993 bombing. And you're going to hear right now, Deb Jordan, the 1993 bombing of the World Trade Center. Did you know that... Salem, right, was the FBI agent. For two years, he recorded all of his conversations with the FBI. Did you know that? No, I didn't. He submitted it mm -hmm. in mm -mm -mm. the court docket, okay, mm -hmm. when they were going after Ramzi Youssef. I mean, these are bad people. These are like terrorist masterminds. Sure. But they would not have been able to accomplish what they accomplished if it weren't for the FBI detonating the largest bomb that they ever have. And they got caught because Salem said, hey, you guys are not stopping this. I want to go to Washington, D.C. You mm -hmm. wanted to blow the whistle mm -hmm. because, and they stopped him, by the way. Yeah. They stopped him. 
Imagine the FBI knew that the people that were sitting in that building were going to get blown up and they supplied the bomb making material, the FBI. You better have your freaking Taco Bell application sitting right next to you because in 2024, all right, I, I've already I've spoken to uh, Colonel Ivan Raiklin and you're going to hear from him here momentarily. And then afterwards, then we're going to start talking about the market that's about to uh, fall out, by the way, that, that housing market, it's a big thing. Mm. You better be paying attention to it, and you will be paying attention to it. But uh, I'm going to, as a reporter, I want a video, uh, I want a live stream, just like they did with Roger Stone. Remember CNN, and they busted his door down. They had a bunch of, you sure. know, hopped up HRTT members that were really nice, you mm-hmm. know. Right. Yeah. They always dumb freaking uh, uh, Americans always say that. Oh, they came in, but they were really nice. You're a freaking idiot. Mm. You're an idiot. If you accept, uh, we need to start resisting this crap. I'm going to say that right now. These unlawful arrests, you make a decision on your own. Okay. But you need to consider that if they're going to come bust your door down, it's an unlawful arrest by a criminal crime syndicate. And you have a right to resist an unlawful arrest. Mm-hmm. You do. So you make a decision, contact your attorney, at, tell them, you know, what you're thinking about doing as far as resisting. You know, let's say Ammon Bundy style. You know, they say, get up. He says, no. They say, get up. And he says, I'm not going to assist you in arresting me. Stop assisting them. Stop saying they're nice. The Gestapo stood before the Jews without even a sidearm in a nicely pressed, pristine, Stasi uniform and very kindly asked all of the Jews for uh, patriotism and for the war to voluntarily get on the rail car. Mm -hmm. They were nice. Everyone was like, wow, this guy's really nice. Jeez, he's so nice. Stop being a freaking dumb American. These are Stasi. They're nice. They're coming to kidnap you. These sheriffs need to step up and stop it. And Americans need to start resisting it. Stop assisting them, arresting you, you know, unlawfully. If they say, get up, you say, screw you. You freaking, I'm sitting down, okay? If you want me, come freaking get me. You better stop resisting. I'm not resisting. I'm not going to help you. Mm-hmm. Right? Stop assisting them. They're not nice. They're worse than freaking Nazis. You know why? Because they're wrapped in an American flag. Even worse. Hmm. Even worse. And what are they doing? Participating uh, in allowing the murder of Americans. 1993, six people died. Thousands were injured. The FBI supplied the bomb-making material. Go look at the New York Times article. All right? They wrote a nice little piece. They had no choice. It was in the court record. Mm-hmm. Salem had two years of audio recordings. Can you imagine that the FBI knew that people at the World Trade Center were going to get blown up for two years and they didn't tell a soul? Yeah. They're following the terrorists and they don't tell the target of the terrorists that you're about to be blown up. That's how nice the FBI is. And they're really, really nice. Yeah, they were so nice. They were professional. They're just doing their job. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, their job is to destroy the United States of America and to convince you that they're really nice because you'll accept tyranny because it's very pleasant. Huh? Time to start freaking resisting this crap. Now, I'm not talking about bringing harm to anybody. Stop helping them arrest you. Stop saying they're nice. I was accused of impeding. You know what I say to that? Very meticulously, I took all my paperwork. Yeah, did you impede? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, the next time I do it, I'm going to do it with a freaking MRAP. I'm the proudest impeder you've ever seen. Call me Impeter Santilli. Hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know where I'm pissed off? Because... Tedros Boudreaux's freaking uh, uh, unelected person. You know what he said? What? Do I have that freaking thing? I don't know. Before I go to Ivan Reichland, you know what this freaking puke said? I'm serious. Now we're fighting, okay? I'll go to freaking arms if you mess with my steak. I was out at the barbecue on Christmas, wasn't I? You were? I'm going to eat beef. I'm going to live stream it, Okay. I'm going to say, come freaking get me. I'm firing up my barbecue every day. As a matter of fact, Cheerios. I'm going to throw them on the barbecue. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to smoke my freaking Cheerios. Put them in a smoker. You freaking communists. Who the hell elected these people? Nobody. Barbecue Cheerios. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's Pete. Uh, he's never he's never asked for that, but I would doubt that he that he would. Oh my god! Hmm. Struggle, it's what? a struggle every day. But listen, it, you oh, know, wow. uh, listen. I want to take the time. Remember, you guys, um, we need your support. Mike Lindell needs your support. Please go to for the after Christmas sales that are going on over at mypillow.com forward slash Pete. Make sure that you guys go over there, support Mike Lindell. Plenty of great, plenty of great things happening over there. Plenty of stuff that's on sale, clearances, all kinds of stuff going on. You want those towels, the new ones, they're awesome. They, the pretty yellow ones. If you love yellow, you'll love these. They're awesome. And slippers and all of those things. Check, go check out the after Christmas sales. You use promo code DEB. That's D E B. Don't listen to that. (laughs) Make sure that you guys do that. Thank you, Mike Lindell, for being such a great supporter of the Pete Santilli show. We appreciate you. What else do we have here? Look at, check this out. Uh, We're going to go to Ivan Raikland here. And then I'm going to bring Craig on. All right. But Mm -hmm. listen to this crap right here. If you are not prepared to fight against this freaking crap. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is a communist, brutal, murderous dictator. What's your, uh, okay. Dictator. Mm -hmm. He ran a dictatorship or, you know, we're not allowed to say that anymore. Let's call it a penis potato boat. (laughs) What? 
What is a penis potato? Uh, it's a kinder way of saying dictatorship. Yeah. Right? Right. Uh, here it is, right here. Uh, Boutros Dictator is now telling me, hey, you freaking communist, come get my barbecue, okay? He wants to mess with my, my food. I'm going to fire up the barbecue and invite everybody over, okay? Come get me. Come freaking get me. I dare you. Come on. Those are fighting words. You mess with my my meat, my food. Food systems are harming the health of people and You know what? Mind your own freaking business, you stupid freaking house negro. Who elected this guy? Huh? Who elected him? Nobody. Our food systems are harming the health of people and planet. You know what? You're harming. Oh my god, are you kidding me? Are you serious? Right now, you got mm. uh, John Brennan in there saying, "See, we're gonna mess with you." <laughs> see, see. Uh huh. I a, see. A brand new, brand new router to stop the question marks from showing up. Right. Uh huh. Brand new switch. I mean. Yeah. But as soon as you make a uh, a comment about Boutros Tedros Kami, right? Uh huh. Come on. Oh my God. Are you serious? Hmm? Mm hmm Easy Pete, we still want you on the stream. Bless for eternity. Thank we're gonna, you. We're going to be on the stream. Why would I not be on the stream? Well, because you're, well, you know. Right? Oh, come back to fight another day. Yeah, no. they're going to be taking my freaking beef. What? That isn't what they're saying. Pete is a food system... Listen, you know how tough it is to maintain my sexy figure? Okay. <laughs> what am I going to do? Eat the bugs? Mm. I'm telling you, you mess with our... You, you, listen, you can screw with our flag. You can overrun the border down in Texas while everybody says, God bless you. You know, mm. right? Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> All the people down in Texas. I'm from California. I'm down in McAllen, Texas, screaming, at communists and people were sitting at home on Facebook saying, God bless you. We stand with you. And I was screaming. Remember that? I was screaming yeah. at them. I'm like, you're not standing with me. Okay. Why is somebody from California down here screaming at the communists at your border? I'm surrounded by freaking cartel. I had to bring a whole bunch of people with guns. All right. You know how many people we had? You know how many freaking cans of ammo we had? We were ready to throw down big time. Mm. And the cartel, they were just sitting on their little phones, right? Uh -huh. They knew we meant freaking business. Huh? You want to throw some bullets this way? We throw them back. Let's go. Yeah, you were lucky. Huh? Lucky you, what? Well, I mean, you're, you're just lucky that they they didn't they didn't get too riled up, right? Uh, no. Oh, the cartel. I got, I got a question mark. Can you imagine this? Okay, Boutros, Boutros, golly. <laughs> hmm? Give me just a second. You ready? I'm trying. Uh, trying? Yeah. Well, I'm trying to talk, and, and you, and then I get you talking. So I if I say you? something, and mm -hmm. you, you get you started. You ready? You get I'm off about the to task, get and then, yep. and then, you know, too sexy for his shirt. That's right, Angie. Angie. <laughs> yeah. 
What what set me off this morning? Uh, you know, hmm? just waking up and seeing the world in the in the in the same way it is, right? No, this communist puke is what set me off this morning. Mm-hmm. This communist puke right here. Yeah. Let me get rid of this. I'm going to do this. All right. Oh my god. I thought you had it ready. What? Oh my god. Here he is. I did have it ready. <laughs> Here he is. Ready? All right. Everybody, fire up your barbecue, okay? In the face of this freaking house negro, the communist dictator, all right? He's probably shagging, oh, the food chain. You know what? What about all the children that went missing from your little world health emergency of uh, public and international concern? The food crisis is... Mind your own effing business, okay? Why don't you go feed freaking rice to Ethiopians? Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. You killed them all. That's what he did. He probably said, we must maintain the ecosystem of the uh, Excalibur. Okay, we will shoot all the hungry Ethiopians, you know. Mm -hmm. Look at how skinny they are. Yeah, they are. Uh They deserve to die because they were skinny. Thanks. Appreciate that. You Ethiopian dictatorship. Food systems contribute to over 30% of greenhouse gas emissions and account for almost one third of you know what i'm farting as i'm listening to this guy okay i'm putting out some freaking methane extra all right the global burden of disease transforming food systems is therefore essential by shifting towards healthier diversified and more plant-based i don't want to be healthy all right if food systems delivered healthy diets for all we could save 8 million lives per year. Oh yeah. WHO is committed to supporting countries to develop and implement policies to improve diets and fight climate change. Oh yeah. I'm therefore very pleased that over 130 countries have signed the COP28. We don't care about your fake COP28. We don't care about your faking communism. I don't care how many countries you have. You know what I care about? At my zip code, I'm firing up the freaking barbecue, you freaking spadro. Come get me. You know what? Throw some steaks on the barbecue right now. All right? I'm <laughs> farting my way back there, too. I'm going to put out methane you know what i want to die a high cholesterol how about that uh spadro huh why do they call him spadro i don't know i i can't figure out what he is okay he's a communist dictator mm-hmm. he comes from a country the food crisis you came from ethiopia you freaking puke look at how many skinny people you got there huh what you do make them eat the bugs You know, what we, we need, you know what we need to do? Make freaking communist sandwiches, okay? We run out of food, slice this freaking puke up and eat them, all right? I want him, that guy right there, slice him up. Tastes like freaking ham. Don't worry about it. I will eat your ass. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> There's an Alex, Alex Jones-ism. Right? Mm-hmm. We run out of foods. I eat you. How about that? I love the taste of freaking sliced Ethiopian dictator. 
UAE declaration on climate and health. I don't need your declaration. Yeah, who who voted for this guy? Who <laughs> voted for him? You we keep asking. I don't know. Promote the health of both people. Health for, and- I don't want health, okay? I want to eat more beef and run up my freaking cholesterol. How about that? Right? Hmm. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> what? Karen? Your dad ate steak. He was a freaking steak eater. How old was your dad? Yeah. Yeah. How old? 75. Beef eater. Huh? Yep. I had steak dinner with your dad. Yeah, yeah. Where? What was the name of that place? Uh... Yeah, skillet, something like that. Iron skillet. The iron skillet. What was that place? There's a good steakhouse up in Victorville. Huh? The branding iron. Yes, that's right. Woo! Huh? The branding iron. Beef in Victorville. In Southern California. It was like a little tiny enclave. You could have freaking guns. I remember off the back end of my house, I'd be shooting freaking Whatever, you know, rabbits, geese, huh? What? You think I'm joking? No, I don't think you're joking you could at eat all. beef. We had guns and then, mm-hmm. and then they did crazy stuff and, and I left. I'm a refugee, mm-hmm. but I still eat beef. Mm. Here it is. Ivan Raiklin right now. You ready? I'm so fired up, you guys. Mm-mm-mm. Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to hear an interview that I just had uh, over an hour with um, uh, retired Colonel uh, Ivan Raiklin. Uh, a friend of mine, I know him personally. Uh, we've been through quite a bit over the past couple of years, and he brings us some news. Uh, that should give you some optimism and hope for the year uh, 2024. Going right into it, right out of the gates uh, in 2024. Uh, please listen closely all the way through. This is a great interview. We'll break down January 6th stuff and what he anticipates will take place uh, in in 2024. Not November of 2024, but right out of the gates on January 1st, 2024. Uh, for right now, I want, if if you appreciate and you like what we do, I would like you to, of course, in this holiday season as we gear up for 2024, uh, to support us by supporting our sponsors, one of whom uh, is a very recent addition to, uh, to the Pete Santilli Show, and that is Bella Grace, a... Uh, three ingredient, I say, almost a miracle combination uh, of, of course, Verisol, collagen, astaxanthin, and cat's claw. Those three ingredients make the difference. You can go uh, to get your Bella Grace, and there's a way that through referrals you can actually have your product paid for. So uh, please support us by supporting our sponsors. 
With key ingredients supported by over 80 clinical trials. The exclusive formulation of the Bella Grace Elixir is changing lives everywhere. Ingesting collagen peptides alone is not very helpful. This is where most products fall short and where Bella Grace changes everything. Unlike other products, the Bella Grace Elixir controls the gene switches which activate collagen creation and disables the enzymes that break down the matrix. Bella Grace Elixir contains Verisol, the world's best and most clinically studied form of collagen. These elite collagen peptides influence the skin's collagen metabolism directly from the inside. Nature's most powerful antioxidant. 6,000 times more potent than vitamin C, Astereal Astaxanthin prevents the activation of gene switches that drive inflammation and activates the gene switch responsible for cellular repair and longevity, forming bridges across cell membranes, protecting them from free radical attack. Amazonian cat's claw suppresses the enzymes that degrade collagen and our skin matrix caused by oxidants and inflammation. It simply turns the switch off. The world's most studied collagen, plus activating the genes that make collagen, plus switching off the genes that break down collagen, has resulted in something the world has never experienced. The Bella Grace Elixir. Start your 30-day Bella Grace Challenge today. And now my interview with Colonel Ivan Raitland. My next guest is um, actually somebody, I mean, I can, I, can, I can say that he is a friend. I know him personally. I enjoy uh, meeting Whoa, him. whoa, whoa. What? Okay, go ahead, guys. <laughs> I enjoy meeting him. I enjoy his. I enjoy his presence. I've been out to a couple of events. Have met him. Sat down. Spoken to him. Looked him in his beady eyes. He's the real deal. He is, as far as I'm concerned. Either that, or shoot, if he's faking it, you know, I'm loving that hopium. He gives me a sense <laughs> of hope. I grab that. I do. I just. I'm like, man, you know, if Ivan Ranklin is just lying to me, I'm okay with that. I'll immerse in the lies because they're fantastic. No, no, so beautiful. I'm going to start off with what? this. <laughs> what a great introduction. I lean, uh, you know how people have different biases? This is the, if by people the way, understand the that I have positive bias, uh -huh. and I always try to come up with the solutions that are maximally unconventional and maximally require the most political courage and chutzpah that uh, essentially none of our politicians have, maybe short of almost one, right? Mm -hmm. So once we get one on board, and that's the mechanism to get more and more on board for the dominoes to occur. Okay, so here. So we I'm are. moving the Overton window. Like I'm trying to maximally move the Overton. No, window. but listen, you are literally uh, with combat experience in fifth generational warfare. When you say that, yeah. So, 
You're going to have like Speaking a of, where, where's like my that. book here? What? I have the book. Actually, I'm going to have to step aside here and kind of this, bring it over here. One this second. Is the best open, generation this warfare. is the best open of any interview well, I think I've ever done. what we have here. I'm not sure if the mic's picking it up. <laughs> but yeah, I had great. to stretch the legs. And boom. Bam. You got one of these? 5GW, I do. Yeah. Yeah, yours is closer. Your, yours is closer to Santilli Global Headquarters. Stand by. Mine was about two steps away from Rakeland Global Headquarters and Rakeland Studios. Oh, no, no. You had to step up, so I don't know. It's uh, it's close. It's close. I had to reach. So as I was there talking with Boone Cutler, I believe at the Reawaken okay. in Vegas. My oh, you got that one, too? Yeah, oh, you want right. to compare notes? Yeah, baby. <laughs> Use promo code Rakeland. I like Boone. Boone, Boone <laughs> makes me. Do you have contact with Boone? I want to bring him on, smoke cigars with him. Yeah, I got his number. Yeah, I need to connect with I'll him. I'll connect I, you guys. It's about time. Yeah, he's doing great work. All right. So, no, so as I was talking to Boone, and I'm like, well, anything in there? And it's 5GW, Warfare, AI, and then I think they're coming up with Session 3. Mm. Uh, what is it? Political Warfare, I think is what he was going to call it. And I asked him, oh, can I learn anything from that? And he said, eh, you probably not, because you're actually doing it. <laughs> you're in their faces, not only digitally, but physically. And there's only a few people, because I'm not too far away from these scumbags here, a couple miles up the road in Washington, D.C., that are physically going up there and making sure to try to at least hold them to somewhat level of account. And the way you do that is not only digitally, you follow up physically. And then when you follow up physically and you ask them questions of, hey, or give them a copy of something and ask them, hey, by the way, if you, uh, I'm going to give you a copy of so-and-so and you're going to be contacted by Pete Santelli and maybe 20 or 30 others that I know in the media, independent media landscape, to ask you what your thoughts are on, oh, I don't know, 5G warfare or any other op that I'm running at the time. I, um, and usually there's a response. Listen, let's um, let's do this. We're starting to wind down here. We're just a matter of, um, it's not a winding down. It's a ramping up, I believe. I believe. Thank you. I'm positive bias. Always on offense. Do you, do you agree that 2024 will be the most consequential year of our entire lives? Now, we're, we're not talking about November. We're talking about. 1201 January 1st, boom, pedal to the metal, 2024. Uh, it sounds like you know something that I do as well. So on January 1st, 2024, it's going, the whole year is going to be the most unconventional political uh, year, I think, in our nation's history. Now, to compare that, right, you got to go back to, in our nation's history, well, 1770s, right? If you look at that decade and what transpired. Then you fast forward to the 1860s, about 90 years later, and what, what the country looked like back then. And then fast forward another 100 years to the 1960s and what we saw happen then, right? Particularly as it applies to the... Uh, Department of Just Justice and the FBI and what they did to their political opponents, such as Martin Luther King Jr., hmm. um, RFK, JFK, 
And so I think we're going to start seeing more of a confluence of what's going on. And I think they're going to try to potentially do uh, playbooks that they we recently seen them do over the last three to 10 years, three being the pandemic from 2020, the last 10 years, the, you know, try to divert America's attention to foreign altercations, whether it be Ukraine escalation, whether, you know, to the nuclear level, whether it be China taking over Taiwan and thus essentially China's ambassador to the U.S., Biden is going to try to do something to divert in order to, again, it's not a, it's not going to be a stealing attempted steal of an election. It's going to be an attempt. Uh, they're going to do everything, pull all stops to oh, essentially they, subvert the constitutional order. Have they not already? And the response to that mm-hmm. is going to be so unconventional, they're not going to know what hit them. And that's where we come into play, me, you, and our networks. Yes, yes, sir. I believe that. Uh, okay. I want to mention, I just, I posted this on Twitter. I got to share this with you. Uh, if you have any connections, and I know you do, uh, I would like to be there when we freaking breach the FBI's front door, put them down on the orange shag carpet and the appropriate authorities, of course, throw these, these people on the seventh floor in handcuffs. I'll give you one thing that they've never been held to account for. And I was just reading my archives. Remember the World Trade Center bombing? Ramsey. I do. F. Salem. Remember the 70 audio recordings of Salem uh, of the FBI? Uh, he was an FBI agent and the handlers where he was complaining as a whistleblower saying he wanted to go uh, to D.C. The FBI knew for two years of the pl- not just knew of the planning of the bombing of the World Trade Center. They removed the guy that was supposed to give them inert explosives. You're talking about the 1993 93 World Trade Center bombing. Now, I haven't done my research all the way back to that specifically. I was a little younger back then. Uh-huh. Uh, which FBI field office had the most play in that whistleblowing interaction do you remember yeah it was uh new york city and sdny um was it new york field office it was the new york field office they didn't want he wanted to go to dc and blow the whistle because um because the 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 fbi was was not slowing down they were supplying bomb making material to to the terrorists salem recorded it over a two-year period 70 recordings the new york times wrote that the FBI had foreknowledge. Now, here's my point. Right. Yeah, but the source you're referring to is not a credible source, so I'm not sure if we can lend any sort of credence to it. So uh, I think you pronounce it New York Slimes. Ah, the source is yeah. the, uh, and I use them because the it's not it's not some right wing conspiracy theory. They actually published articles. They had to because it was in federal court. They he had recordings over two years. They had his voice. He published his recordings of the FBI's foreknowledge. Here's my point. How many investigations are you aware of where they knew that something bad was going to happen to a bunch of people? Like, let's say there's an active shooter that's going to go into a mall. How often has the FBI let the victims of that perpetrated terrorist event or crime, uh, how many times do they let the public know? Never. Never. It depends on their political objectives, right? I always say this, in 1908, the Bureau of Investigation was created, right? Uh, 
later became the FBI. I think some people still pronounce it the FBI. Mm-hmm. Name one year where they did not violate our constitutional rights. As I did my research, I can't really, I can't find one year, which begs the question, what value add does that entity have towards the American constitutional order? They, they need I'd, I'd love to hear someone's argument on that. By proper authority. Is the risk worth reward, the reward? I'm, I'm not seeing it. No, no, they need to be dismantled, scattered to the winds by proper authorities, of course. I think it should happen in 2024. I mean, they are a criminal, you know, state sponsor of terrorism. I mean, uh, time and time again, I use World Trade Center because it's so well documented. Well, yeah, I mean, that just adds to the 100 and where are we at now? 116 year history. And let's fast forward from 1993 to 2001, and then they let that happen, right? Uh, name, name one success that the FBI has, uh, I sh- I'm going to use the word perpetrated accidentally, because when you do something once out of a 116 year history, it is an accident, right? Mm-hmm. If you do something consistently, it's not an accident. Accidents are usually things that occur as a deviation from the norm. Well, the deviation from the norm in terms of this entity is when they do something right. Name one accident where they got it right. Can you oh, think I, of something? Yes, they installed the 60-minute egg timer on the DNC pipe bomb on January 6th by accident. Yeah, so that was a great diversionary tactic. Now, my question to you is, a lot of people say FBI involvement. I, I My analysis leads me to believe that they were involved in the subsequent cover-up for sure. Mm-hmm. As it applies to the actions on the ground on January 6th, I, I'm leaning more towards the hypothesis is that because the jurisdiction upon which the pipe bombs were, DNC and RNC, and the breach of the Capitol, both external perimeter and the inner breach, all of that is inside of the lawful perimeter under our, uh, Title Three of the U.S. Code, Chapter 29 of the U.S. Capitol Police. So I'm of the opinion and the assessment that it was the Capitol Police and the Capitol Police Board above that, and above that, the political leaders of the Capitol Police Board, meaning the Speaker of the House, Pelosi, and then the Senate Majority Leader, at the time McConnell, and then later Schumer, were the ones that really directed that Fed surrection, that Fed op. Now, it could have been in coordination with the FBI, Mm -hmm. but then you begs, begs the question, who would have been the one responsible for conducting the interagency coordination from the U.S. Capitol Police. I know. Yoga Nanda Pittman. Oh, no, no. It's higher than that. Are you kidding me? Hold on a second. Because she was the head of Intel and Interagency Coordination Division at U.S. Capitol Police. Please. All they had to do was just say, hey, don't do anything. Don't protect the Capitol. Let them in. Once they're in, we got the insurrection narrative, and then you can kick them out. That's what they did. The provocation out in the crowd and all that stuff. We know, uh, I know that. Yeah, at the operational that, level, I would say, yeah, there's provocation from Newsweek, FBI, DHSS, HSI, MPD undercovers. Have you seen you know, the Newsweek article about the uh, commandos would shoot to kill authority? And that article, the investigation. Yeah, from February, I believe, of 21. And they January. talked about the, from Quantico, HRT elements yeah. were on standby. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, and the DOJ was unilaterally making, they were overseeing 
the entire operation. That's what it said in that article, that it was the DOJ without any oversight by Congress or oversight by the Pentagon. But here's what people need to look into is that when they blame Donald Trump, oh, 187 minutes, speaking of which, I'm 20 and a half books into out of 21 audiobooks related to everyone that was either on the J6 cover-up committee or witnesses thereof or the J6 hearings and then the report. Uh, I'm almost done with Julie Kelly's book, which will put me at every single author that published something. I've consumed all their content. Uh, saying that, basically, when they said 187 minutes, Trump was doing nothing. Well, he doesn't have the authority legally to deploy executive branch entities onto the Capitol grounds unless there is a request from the Speaker of the House and or the Senate Majority Leader via the Capitol Police Board at the direction of the Senate Majority Leader and the Speaker of the House. So if Nancy Pelosi says nothing for 187 minutes and then at 187 minutes says, hey, executive branch, whether it's from Trump or the designated um, Secretary of Defense, which downstream under statute gave that authority to the Secretary of the Army, Ryan McCarthy, to then be able to deploy the National Guard. It would have been on Speaker Pelosi's shoulders to put the request in. She never did. Had Trump activated and directed the National Guard to deploy without that request, that would have been a coup d'etat. Wow. So in essence, it's another layer of by doing nothing and facilitating the unlawful breach of the Capitol through instigation, entrapment, incitement through federal actors from the legislative branch in coordination with subversive elements of the executive branch that were loyal to the left wing of America's political ecosystem. That's how they conducted the coup. There was a surrection, and it was the Nansurrection or the Fedsurrection, which resulted in the coup d'etat that removed Trump from office at all costs. And it was violent. It was domestic terrorists that did that. And those names of those white men that committed and participated in that domestic terrorism, Christopher Ray Epps, mm -hmm. right? Christopher Ray Epps and others. And uh, what about the Bowser action? Oh, so Muriel Bowser on January 5th puts out a tweet saying, hey, we don't need any executive branch actors to defend the Capitol tomorrow on the 6th. In fact, you need, you need the mayor's permission and the speaker's permission to deploy. And without that, you're not going to deploy. So it's a great question. She was also complicit in that. As you lay all this stuff out of all the Fed direction actors, and by the way, before we started the show, the J6 committee in their third hearing in June of 2022 mentions my name and says, oh, an individual by the name of Ivan Raiklin puts out a tweet that Trump retweets, Operation Pence card. And then as soon as they mentioned my name, I was like, hey, you're going to call me out. Now I'm going to pay attention and now I'm coming for you. So that coming for you started off with, first, you got to get it right on what I said in the tweet. And then number two, I'm here to testify publicly at your convenience and leisure. And I listed the names of the people that need to be at the hearing as I testified under oath. And the list of names that I provided them, uh, well, let's, let's, let's list them. 
I said that I'll testify and explain why a million people showed up on January 6th and, or, and the following people need to be there. Nancy Pelosi, the Sergeant at Arms House and Senate, the mayor, the DC Metro Police Chief, the head of security at the RNC, the DNC, Pelosi's daughter, Alexander, her son-in-law, Michael Voss, right? Et cetera, et cetera. And as I listed, Ray Epps, John Sullivan, as I listed all the names, the very next day, or I should say right after I put that out, all mainstream disinformation purveyors from New York and DC stopped trying to contact me and write stories about me. They started, they dead named me because I suspect that I listed all those involved in the Fed's erection, Amen. the Nancy erection. You know, um, here, here's another thing. Uh, all of these major cases, of course, you know, they're trying to remove Trump from that's a political move. It's going to be strong. But the criminal case against all President of them Trump, are political moves that start with the Capitol Police. That's right. what most I'm sorry to say this, but, but the Trump team doesn't understand it. The I don't know. Everybody in MAGA world on Twitterati on X. No one still understands all these influencers that are, oh, we're in the know on January 6th. All J6 defendants, to include Trump, are defendants because the U.S. Capitol Police Board are the ones that criminalized them. The House, Senate, Sergeants at Arms at the direction of the Speaker of the House and the Senate Majority Leader. Guess who the Capitol Police Chief is right now? Do you know? That's Yogan a law enforcement person that not decides Yogan, on who gets criminalized. Not Yogananda Pittman, is it? It's not. It used to be acting Yogananda Pittman. Right. So from January 8th of 21 until July 23rd of 2021, Yogananda Pittman was the one that decided who would be a, a defendant, a J6 defendant. She was the one that decided it with the general counsel, Tad DeBias, full name Thomas DeBias. Okay. Later on, July 23rd of 2021, the acting chief, Yogananda Pittman, went back to be the head of Intel and Interagency Coordination Division to work her team to identify who they were going to criminalize. And then, for example, the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, everybody, all the political enemies of the left. And her replacement was a guy by the name of Thomas Manger, who's still there. So think July 2021, two and a half years later, the guy that was appointed back then in July of 21 is still there today. Thomas Manger was appointed by Nancy Pelosi's sergeant at arms and Chuck Schumer's sergeant at arms. So is he whistling Dixie to the tune of Nancy and Chuck Schumer? Absolutely. That's what explains every single political persecution. And it also explains why no one from the left gets persecuted or prosecuted namely remember the insurrection in the cannon building a couple months ago oh yeah no one no one gets anything because nancy pelosi and chuck schumer's chief of police of the u.s capitol police is told to not do anything and then what about at the dnc remember they did a little insurrection at the dnc a couple weeks ago yeah remember that yeah the hamas caucus nothing happens nothing. to them when people like Marjorie Taylor Greene starts to realize that it's the U.S. Capitol Police that has jurisdiction to persecute and prosecute folks, then she can focus her attention away from Christopher Ray Epps and the FBI and go after the actual culprits. 
the general counsel of the Capitol Police, Mr. Tobias, and the chief of Capitol Police. Once she starts to say, oh, I'm getting swatted. Something needs to happen. It's eight times now. Why doesn't she go after the U.S. Capitol Police? Well, because it's the Capitol Police that protects her, protects her with eight swattings. We're dealing with amateurs. I hate to say that. Uh, I'm going to start going a lot more vocal against the illiterate, low IQ members of Congress that are even on the Republican side. To They've had three years on the job to figure out the jurisdictional components of who's responsible for what in this persecution. And they still think it's, oh, it's the FBI. I wish I could provide each of them the proverbial peaceful and patriotic backhand to the face. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's backhand them. To right wake now. them up. Sir, you and I are not, you know, I, I'd say we're, uh, we're more dangerous. First, why don't they read titles two of the U.S. Code, Chapter 29? And in there, when people were asking about, oh, release the tapes, release the tapes. Well, let's take a look at the statute. Section 1979 of Title II. Bring it up. Have your producer bring it up as we're talking about this. Section and read paragraph B. Section 2 19- U.S. Code uh-huh. 1979. Okay. Two U.S. Remember, we were going for three years. We were going back and forth. Oh, release the J6 footage. Oh, we're going to see everything. Well, let's be erudite about this let's be grown-ups and take a look at what statute authorizes who has control and responsibility of the capitol police cctv footage hmm i guess i'm a lawyer let's take a look at title two chapter 29 talks about the creation and the roles and responsibilities of the capitol police and the capitol police board hmm Let's dig a little bit further and take a look at section 1979. And then let's look at paragraph B of section 1979. And it talks about, even the title of that section talks about the security footage of the Capitol Police. May be released by the Capitol Police to another entity. Please read that out loud. I don't have it memorized. Yep. Um... Release of security information. B, authority of the board to determine conditions of release, notwithstanding any, any other provisional law. Any security information to, in the possession of the Capitol Police may be released by the Capitol Police to another entity, including an individual, only if the Capitol Police Board determine in consultation with other appropriate law enforcement officials, experts in security preparedness and appropriate committees of Congress that the release of the security information will not compromise the security and safety of the Capitol buildings and grounds will not compromise. So let's, let's go through each one of those individually with consultation with the Capitol police board. Well, let's do a little deep dive on the Capitol police board. I have, there's three people, two of them are security officials. One is the architect. So the house started arms, Senate started arms. Who are those? Mm -hmm. Well, things changed on January 8th when Kevin McCarthy came in and appointed Bill McFarlane, right? Did Kevin McCarthy do anything to push through his sergeant at arms? 
to go ahead and release the footage? No. Who else is going to be the ones that are involved in this decision-making process for the release? The two sergeant-at-arms, which are the two of the three you know, key individuals on the Capitol Police Board. And the By the way, mm-hmm. the Capitol Police Board chairman switches every year from the House sergeant-at-arms to the Senate sergeant-at-arms. So let's kind of contextualize this. In 2023, the Senate sergeant-at-arms has been the chair of the Capitol Police Board, meaning Chuck Schumer's sergeant-at-arms pretty much runs the Capitol Police Board, right? In 2022, it was who? The House sergeant-at-arms, which was Nancy Pelosi's sergeant-at-arms. And then in 2021, it was primarily Chuck Schumer's Senate sergeant-at-arms. So this is how they've been conducting the cover-up. And it wasn't until McCarthy was removed that the dynamic changed slightly, even though I think Bill McFarlane's still in place, that Johnson, through his role as speaker, was able to influence and leverage the Capitol Police Board to get the Capitol Police. And what's in that statute again? It talks about the Capitol Police Board. So you look at the makeup of that. You look at other law enforcement entities that could be impacted according to the statute. Well, that would have been the FBI, right? That would have been DC Metro. And so you have their take basically begging, no, don't release anything that can incriminate us. That's why uh, even now during Speaker Johnson's tenure, uh, they're saying that they're going to fuzzy out things, right? Well, one of those entities that's going to have a say in whether or not things get fuzzied out in terms of video is going to be other law enforcement entities. And the reason why they're going to have a say in it is because the Capitol Police Chief, remember the Capitol Police has a say in the release of the footage, which is the Capitol Police Chief, and this is how they do it. While we have technically any U.S. citizen has access to the footage, which I've already gone in three times and done a little bit of research and analysis, I can go into that a little bit later. In order to get the video footage that I want to be released, it has to go through an approval process. And it goes through, and they won't tell me exactly how it looks, but here's how I suspect it goes. Ted Tobias, the general counsel of Capitol Police, and the chief of Capitol Police get the request and they decide whether or not it's going to be released. If it implicates them in the Fed's direction, well, then that video is not going to get released. If it implicates the FBI and folks that are in the FBI as it applies to the incitement or MPD undercovers, then they're going to try to not release the footage due to security concerns isn't that something convenient what a con- what a convenience yeah let me ask you this and so the, that statute uh, what i'm getting at the bottom line is that statute is the governing law under which they are able to conduct this cover-up of the fed direction but if we understood this not only just me but the entire twitterati and all these influencers that know everything about january 6th yet they don't realize the statute that has been allowing them to do that, the more must then understand it and then identify the individual folks of authority that are the ones behind the board and behind the Capitol Police, then we can shine some light on them in the form of trillions of lumens 
to then investigate them and find dirt on them, like Thomas Manger. What dirt does he have? Well, you look at his wife. She ran for some school board seat, I believe, in Prince, uh, Montgomery County across the river here from where I'm at in Maryland as a Democrat. And then you look at her relationships with Pelosi and Jamie Raskin, et cetera, et cetera. It all starts to make sense. And that's when we start bringing pressure on them. You know, what about uh, the criminal case against President Donald J. Trump and January 6th committee who made the criminal the referral. criminal referral? And every then, single J6 defendant, Pete, every single J6 defendant is based on a criminal referral and an evidentiary package that was created by the U.S. Capitol Police. How many times, how many years do I have to say this before people start to realize that this is actually what happened? So I may or may not have read the entire policy and procedures manual of the U.S. Capitol Police. Wink, wink, right? And in that, here's how a criminal referral happens. Let's just say Pete Santilli's cousin is over at the Capitol grounds. Uh, actually, no. Pete Santilli's cousin is staying at a hotel in Baltimore and observing what's going on at the Capitol. Okay. Mm -hmm. And talking smack on signal and telegram saying, ah, look at that. I know some of those people that are on the Capitol grounds. That's cool. What's going on. And then next thing you know, the Capitol Police General Counsel and then the either acting chief Pittman and then later Thomas Manger are told by Pelosi and Schumer to go ahead and since Pete Santilli's cousin is part of the organ political organization that they want to go after and neutralize because of their relationship with Trump, then create an evidentiary package that will guarantee a hundred percent conviction rate when it, they send it over to the DOJ. So here's the sequence of chain of custody of evidence. So Yogananda Pittman, Thomas Manger ordered the Capitol Police to pull CCTV footage that only includes uh, moments where Pete Santilli's cousin's friend that's inside of the Capitol and they're brushing up or talking to a Capitol Police officer. And since the CCTV footage doesn't have audio, the Capitol Police then compels that Capitol Police officer to sign an impact statement saying that Pete Santelli's cousin's friend was yelling and threatening and uh, about to com conduct complete destruction of this Capitol Police officer, even though that's not the fact pattern. But in order for that Capitol Police officer to keep his job, he has to sign on that impact statement that is then part of the CCTV footage that only includes incriminating evidence with that signed impact statement as they sent it over to the U.S. Attorney's Office and the FBI for prosecution. And as part of that, they recommend that Pete Santilli's cousin is charged with seditious conspiracy because they were texting the person that was, or her, their friend in the Capitol, and they get 22 years for simply being in a hotel and talking smack on Signal and 
telegram. What, what happens? And then when they destroy they the evidence. further, if they find out that Pete Santilli has ever directly communicated with Donald Trump, then he gets boosted as a priority political persecution target by the Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer Capitol Police Chief Thomas Manger. Is this starting to make sense, Pete? Yeah, it is. I, I'm most concerned right and now. And everyone's about, oblivious to this. What about the destruction of all the evidence? Potentially exculpatory. Yes. So having read through 21 books now, let me let me go through this. This is probably, I haven't even told you about this. So I'm going through my list of books here. And I have a collection called J6. So let's see here. Julie Kelly, Cassidy Hutchinson's book, just went through that, one of the witnesses. Adam Schiff, Eric Swallow, Jamie Raskin, Mark Meadows, Liz Cheney, Kinzinger, Harry Dunn, police officer, Michael Fanone, MPD police officer, wrote a book, one of the witnesses on J6. Denver Riggleman, the the technical advisor for the J6 committee. Patrick Burns, Deep Rig, Troy Nels, congressman, wrote a book called The Big Fraud, also about J6. Steve Sund, who was a former chief of Capitol Police. Cash Patel, Mike Pence's book, Chris Miller, Akalino Gunnell, also U.S. Capitol Police officer. Anyway, having gone through all of these, I have a lot of insight now on what they did. So in Denver Riggleman's book, and by the way, he was the only one that gave me an honorable mention in his book, so thanks for that. He talks about that there were six teams that were created by the J6 cover-up committee. And one of those teams, uh, and they he named them by color coding of the teams, it was the blue team. So I'm going to bring them up my notes here. Blue team. And the blue team was involved in essentially looking at being self-reflective, looking at the Capitol Police's role and what they should and should not have done. Well, that team was working in quiet and basically did not do anything and did not release anything, which leads me to believe that their role instead was to identify all incriminating evidence that would showcase that MPD and U.S. Capitol Police incited, instigated, or conducted errors that you know created January 6th and facilitated the breach, like I've been talking about for years. And instead, they took that evidence and hid it at the National Archives, at the White House, at the DHS, and then they destroyed it. Benny Thompson even says it, right? Yeah. We're seeing that all the evidence that would showcase that it was a Nancy Rection uh, and that it was police brutality, it was incitement, instigation, fed entrapment, fed surrection, all of it was hidden. And that was the role of that team, I argue. To cover it up. So how does that even, um, I mean, how, how can you proceed with the prosecution of President Trump in a legal case that was referred by the January 6th committee when they destroyed the evidence? I mean, that the case is dismissed. I mean, if you went to a federal court and the federal government had a case against you and they destroyed potentially exculpatory uh, evidence, even if you're on videotape, right, and you're robbing a bank, if they destroy exculpatory evidence, that's wrongdoing on the part of the government. The punishment always goes to the government. So, all right, now I'm going to ask you this, and if you're a little bit closer to it and you have to be diplomatic, I understand. But 
what the hell kind of freaking attorneys are going to allow Boris Epstein to be bossing them around on President Trump's criminal cases, destroying his possibility of getting dismissals just on easy stuff. I could represent President Trump and get a dismissal on that. Destruction of exculpatory evidence gets you a dismissal like that. Done deal. Right? Okay, so you don't so, have to mention Boris Epstein. I just know somebody publicly stated Boris Epstein is in there screwing things up right now. I'm concerned so about I don't know the details of the legal team. I do talk to some people here and there uh, in the vicinity uh, of that ecosystem. But I'll say this. No one I've offered up to be a witness. I've offered up my insight because at the end of the day, let's back up. The J6 cover-up committee, through their hearing process, through their report, if you look at, I believe it's their second page, if I'm not mistaken, and it, talk, it talks about the timeline and the sequence of events that they base their criminal referral and then the weaponization against Trump. It starts with a tweet called Operation Pence Card. If you want to pull up the criminal the dc indictment by jackie boy smith of trump in line or paragraph 88 i believe it's on page 43 it talks about trump retweeting operation pence card that created the start of the pressure campaign against the uniparty deep state's beloved messiah mike pence right well what they failed to ask is well, who wrote that tweet? Well, when you look at the footnote in the J6 committee report, it refers back to a guy by the name of Ivan Raiklin that wrote the tweet with a memo attached to it called Operation Pence Card, which laid out the lawful obligation by Mike Pence to send back to the states for correction the unlawful slates of electors that were transmitted. This little old Ivan Raiklin had argued that there were no, at that point in time, and still to this day, no electors from the contested states were lawfully transmitted because the underlying election was illegally conducted, illegally certified, and then illegally transmitted. And Mike Pence, under his duties under the Electoral Count Act, Title Three, U.S. Code, Section 12, allowed for constitutionally insufficient, also known as unconstitutionally transmitted electors to be received by the president of the Senate and the National Archivist without doing anything. I called it out. President Trump retweeted it. And that's when the pressure campaign and America started to wake up and see, oh, wait, yes, the first time that they... A federal officer in the electoral count, pro, count act process was able to do anything was on that fourth Wednesday of December in 2020, which would have been two, was it three days ago, three, three years and three days ago today, as we're recording this in December 23rd of 2020 is when Mike Pence at the stroke of midnight going into Christmas Eve, December 24th, decided to do nothing, even though Trump retweeted that. They don't want to reference the details of that tweet because it still stands to this day that 
the election was illegally conducted and they would have to that would open up discovery in the manner of which the trump camp wants but the doj does not want and even the electoral count act uh, did not amend away that theory which obligates the preside the president of the senate which was the theory that if you're if a state conducts their elections illegally in violation of the electors clause of the federal constitution of course a federal officer should defend the cons the federal constitution and in that instance mike pence did not now going back to your criminal referrals if you are a political target that the uniparty and particularly pelosi and schumer want to go after as it applies to january 6th they're going to prioritize it based on how do they get to trump in order to deny him from coming back into office because they're all screwed if he comes back in like he and the people and the ecosystem that he brings forward is an existential threat to the uniparty and so they have to create these criminal referrals and build the case so they create that's how they get enrique tario for sitting in baltimore and observing kind of like the scenario that i just hypothetically said with your cousin and her friend or whatever etc and so every criminal referral to include the one against trump is a political manifestation a political persecution campaign by the ccp directing their agent biden in coordination with other agents the china del uh, the the california del california delegation and the new york delegation at the political highest levels of those two states to go ahead and block trump from coming back into office that's it all right now let's uh let's take this around full circle mm -hmm. based on actually i don't know of anybody that's closer to this I, I'm, I'm not just throwing flowers at you. I, we've had great conversations. And well, you said Boris Epstein. Uh, no comment. When I said Boris Epstein? No comment. You don't need to. <laughs> you don't need to. I don't want you to comment. No, I, I heard, uh, listened to an interview with President Trump's former attorney. He said, I don't need this. I'm out of here. And you got a guy that had no trial experience at all, Boris Epstein dictating uh to president trump's former attorney there's a little bit of a mutiny uh hot, very highly skilled attorneys so this is publicly available i'm not just mentioning uh anything that i even want and i'm to saying i'm saying no comment because i just don't know the details of that not that that's, i oh, that's i'm hiding something because people are going to interpret that oh i'm just trying fine. to protect some no 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 i'm go okay fantastic that's good enough all right so so here we are we're going into 2024 and there's no such thing as in november of 24 we're gonna blah, blah, blah. no they're gonna try to start freaking killing us Catherine harridge says she expects a national security level high impact black swan you know what a black swan is right it's a freaking mechanical duck manufactured by the deep state right right well you have to precondition the audience that this, this is what's going to happen right right out in the open. and the way you do it oh wait who is the organization that runs 60 minutes mm -mm -mm. do you remember which CBS? CBS? CBS, yeah. 
Isn't that the same organization that Catherine Harridge works for? Absolutely. Yeah. And Oh, what a coincidence, Pete. So the number one disinformation purveyor weekly by the deep state is 60 minutes. Okay. So if they want to sensitize and convince the country uh, in the direction that they need to, it goes up there, right? So they do a puff piece on Christopher Ray Epps, right? Same thing. And then the, the big print disinformation purveyor, the New York Slimes, uh, based out of New York, and then Washington Compost, they start to, in unison, start to write stories and create content to start to precondition folks. Well, what they don't understand is there's enough free speech platform and enough of us intellectuals that are on par or better knowledgeable and prepared than their highest level deep state actors at this point. And we reject that. That's why we had the stalemate uh, in the sense of they weren't able to do the, the VAX passports and all this, right? Because in Canada, I'm surprised that they were able to stay in power, let's just say in uh, Ottawa, excuse me, in, uh, in uh, Canada. So I think that they're going to try to do this, right? They're going to pull all stops in order to maintain power. And I, I don't think that they're going to remain in power. It's going to be a confluence of the 1770s, 1860s, and 1960s. And because Elon Musk purchased X and Tucker has taken things to the next level and other influencers such as Alex Jones, Owen Schroyer now, you, me, our audience continues to grow. And it's an audience of leaders that are able to shape others that are starting to finally wake up of what's going on. And it's going to be pretty epic. It's gonna, like I said, it's going to be unconventional. They're going to try to do a black swan in order to maintain right. power. And I, I don't think that they're, they're going to be able to. All right, let's because, talk about the other side of it. Okay, your, your spidey senses only. You don't need to give away sources and, and um, confidential information. You have great sources. You talk to people. Do you feel confident? I mean, if I were to go down the list, I love Cash Patel. I, I love um, the team. Uh, even Roger Stone being involved with President Trump is a good thing because I want it's, Roger Stone there. Do you the, 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 the players that you mentioned that most people know, it's not going to be them that do the autocorrect against this deep state. Oh, you're calling it an autocorrect. That's what I want to hear. Come on, tell me. Do you feel confident that we have the team in place to smash freaking communism into pulverized dust. This is the way I see it. So the 2016 to 2020 team was essentially ran, they ran circles around Trump world during those four years of his first term because of the people that were in place that not only was it infighting, but it was also uh, a lot of embeds from the RNC, the McConnell's, the Uniparty, right? I'm not sure they're going to allow because of the 2025 project heritage to uh, bring in the necessary people for the, the autocorrect. And so people like myself and many others, and you're going to start to see some of these names popping up on January 1st, maybe even at the stroke of midnight, like you mentioned, but probably uh, during the daytime on January 1st, you're going to start to see the first few hundred names of individuals that are publicly going to make a bold statement 
demand basically pledging that we're going to do everything in our lawful moral and ethical power to create and hold create consequences and hold to account to begin with those that implemented the unlawful dod covid mandate and we're going to place ourselves in positions of authority to guarantee that occurred and that's a pledge to until we pass along as humans on this earth that is going to create the spark necessary coupled with you're going to see more content being created by the influencers that have way more viewers than 60 minutes i'm talking about tucker's content right i'm talking about jones so the independent media is going to continue to rise they're going to probably try to do some internet activity but i think at this point they're losing their grip and they're going to have to create chaos and pandemonium and if you want to bring up a nice little book it's called masters of chaos there's enough of us that are awake that are let's just say looking forward to we're not fomenting or promoting it but we look forward to chaos because we thrive in that environment and it's the book's called masters of chaos the secret history of the army green berets okay so as chaos develops and that's what they're trying to incite uh some of us revel and look forward to that and we're going to respond accordingly in order to do the necessary autocorrect also known as the body check against the lawless and illegitimate executive branch and we're going to use the institutions that have the uh, legitimate power to go ahead and conduct that autocorrect and some of those right now i mean there's a portion of the u.s house of representatives that has legitimate authority to conduct an autocorrect it's just that they don't have the courage politically to do that with free speech platforms like x and others we are now in a much stronger position than we have been basically since before i mean we were at our lowest point i would say in february of 2021 and the influence mechanism of the digital ecosystem is is at a, this point i think we're surpassing the lies that have been committed since february of 2021 uh at the all right ladies and gentlemen uh that uh, the remaining balance of that episode i played as much uh, all the way through it with uh, uh colonel ivan rakeland uh now we're gonna transition a little bit uh, as you got some news, I hope uh, you were able to consume some hopium. I certainly did. I'm getting good, positive word from him. Uh, one of two things are going to happen. We're either going to save the country or we're going to hand them burnt dirt. Mm. So that's always a beautiful, beautiful thing. Right, Deb Jordan? And Deb, yeah. a real quick transition I want you to say uh, while you're working away in the background, getting mm -hmm. ready for the next show. Um we're going to be transitioning here. I love Ivan Reichland. That was a great interview. It was great. You but we're going to be, were we're going to be bringing uh, yeah. Craig Winklewitz on. Um, well, I do have some breaking news here real quick. And I think this is important. The Michigan Supreme Court. Shot it down. Is rejects the insurrectionist ban case and keeps Trump on the 2024 primary ballot. Bingo. It says the outcome contrasts with the recent ruling in Colorado, of course, and it says with these uh, dueling decisions, the expected appeals to the U.S. Supreme Court become even more.
critical. And the Michigan Court of Claims judge who first got the case said the state law doesn't give election officials any leeway to police the eligibility of presidential primary candidates. He also said the case raised the political question that shouldn't be decided in the courts. Right. So uh, Trump remains on the ballot in Michigan. And you guys remember yesterday uh, that they came out with a they came out with this newly discovered uh, audio recording of Donald J. Trump and Ronna McDaniels back in back in uh, 2020. Uh, and they say that it's proof again yeah. that they were putting pressure on on Michigan to overturn yeah a I, I've I've had election. people uh, go on YouTube and they say they know me I've had audio recordings put out there uh, uh-huh. from our team meetings they chop it up and do stuff like that so yeah. who cares there you go <laughs> all right they do that's it uh, Deb Jordan yeah say bye 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 we're gonna take a I'll see just you guys a, we're gonna get over morning. the hump here we'll be back with a market ultra update with Craig Winklewitz. Yes, Don't stay with go us. away. We'll Coming be right, right back. Yeah. The world is about to shift. Banks are going cashless globally with the emergence of central bank digital currency, which will bring with it programmable money and the ability to turn on or off your purchasing power based on your digital social profile. It's like the equivalent of spyware in your bank account. You need to get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, PhD, 720-605-3900. Craig is, and Craig joins me. 
uh, for our regular update, of course, and then a red alert, red alert, red alert, uh, as I once did back in 2007, 2008, right about that time I was putting up charts. And the word that he used this morning uh, that was just repeated, uh, it's now being repeated, it's unsustainable, whatever's happening. But back then, uh, basically, that's a little, you know, box of Cheerios compared to this potential, you know. I, I mean, it's, it's going to make 2007, 2008 uh, look like just a, a practice run for what's coming. Uh, Craig Winklewitz, welcome. How's your morning going? Yeah, good. Good morning, Pete. Good, good. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't mean to overblow it. I, I, I would say that the, the main thing is that uh, people are just simply not paying attention to the housing market. Everything else is going on. You know, the word about, well, obviously there's uh, plenty of concerns as far as the, um, the coup d'etat with President Trump removing him from the ballot. That's so ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, it's how, absolutely ridiculous. How do you, I mean, it's like a cartoon. It's like uh, Wile E. Coyote with his hand over the plunger, just, you know what I mean? Oh, it's just crazy. <clears throat> Ivan does such a great job too. I love it. It was good. Yeah. Covering that stuff. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. And it's like a cartoon. It absolutely is like a cartoon. He, uh, there's plenty of cartoon stuff going on too. Um, uh, we can get into some of that. Uh, I don't know if you're able to pull up any of the, any of the, uh, D one through D five that I sent to you. Today. Oh, yeah. are you able to pull any of those up? oh man, are you kidding me? I'm, I got rockets on my heels uh, okay, this good. morning. So check this out. Let's take, take a oh, look, look at that. that. Yeah. We got our morning ticker going on too. our economic data. We start, you know, every single week uh, with the more uh, the, the weekly calendar, of course, and we go through day by day as the days uh, tick off. But um, uh, break it down for us. What happened on Monday? Yeah, so uh, not too much. We had every, every, the whole world celebrated the Christmas holiday. And Tuesday, <clears throat> yesterday, we had Japan had a bank of summary opinions. So that's their way of... Um, putting out their projections for the inflation and economic growth. Um, Japan's pretty active right now. Um, we're going to spend some, <clears throat> we'll be definitely covering Japan because it's, um, there's a lot of stuff going on in Japan right now. They're, they're going against the tide with the rest of the world. <clears throat> we don't know how sustainable it'll be. We'll have to wait and see. But um, there's a quite a few, there's a swath of data coming out of Japan this week, uh, housing, retail sales, industrial production, um, Let's see, Japan, and the other thing Japan announced today was they gave themselves some leeway. This is kind of what I was talking about at first. They gave some, themselves some leeway to cut on their bond buying program in the coming months. So they're setting it up for, they're setting themselves up to try to be competitive going into early 2024. We've already seen a lot of the big Wall Street firms have, have been stocking up. They're, they've been uh, filling the coffers with, with talent. Um, analysts, support analysts, and stuff like that, because there's a huge demand to get into Japan right now, and also India as well. So Japan and India will be two places we'll be watching. Um, the, the rest of this week, the big ones in, in the U.S. will be the unemployment claims. That comes out every Thursday. Preliminary wholesale inventories will be Thursday as well, and then what, pending home sales. Last Friday, we covered uh, the the housing market uh, fairly well. Um, as Pete was saying, I'd like to dig into that a little bit more today when we get a chance here. 
um, because I think there's a lot that's being missed and people aren't spending enough time on this. Um, it's a, it's become an unsustainable situation. Um, it may take a while to unravel, but it is an unsustainable situation. And then, um, can I and then interject for, by the way, uh, yeah. you said that they're hiring a lot of analysts, uh, to gear up for Japan. While uh, this report this morning, banks terminate 60,000 workers in one of the bleakest years for the financial industry since 2008. So 60,000 yeah. gone and ramp up for Japan. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And India, same thing, you know, uh, we'll get into India another day, either later this week or next week. There's some interesting stuff going on there as well. It's probably a little little we'd be a little off topic if i jumped into that but speaking of that you know with the uh with um wall street just a couple quick things on that um yeah so that was tuesday bank of summary wednesday the big one on wednesday if you flip over to that one was a richmond fed housing starts thursday the big one there is unemployment claims and then the pending home sales and then friday uh big one there is the u.s chicago purchasing managers index and so that, that pretty much takes care of the data for this week. Um, one other quick thing on Wall Street. So in 2020, they started these things called SPACs, right? Special Purpose Acquisition Companies. And it was another kind of a Wall Street gimmick to pull in um, assets in a unique way. And they had $46 billion in investor losses just this year. Um, 21 of the, the uh, SPACs went bankrupt, right? And it was mostly composed of EV, electric vehicle startups, uh, green power generation type uh, things, and then also some sketchy, but sometimes innovative technologies. And those were the ones that 21 bankruptcies this year from the SPACs. So it was yeah. this big thing that was touted across Wall Street is the new investment vehicle, the new way of getting money into the system. And uh, it's looking like it's starting to belly up. So truth another social. Wall Street deal. Truth social. Uh, I will always interrupt and I'm not going to apologize. I, I think you're yeah, okay with that, in. right? <laughs> Uh, Truth Social was a SPAC. Yeah. Right? But but they've been uh, relatively successful considering, you know, what the other ones are doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look, a good idea will always will always do well, right? But the problem with some of these sketchy funding operations is it's kind of like the NASDAQ bubble, right? You know, if you had anything .com at the end of your name, you were going to get money, you know, in, in the late 1990s, early 2000s. This SPAC was kind of the same sort of a situation. It was people started riding the they jumped on the train and any halfway decent idea, maybe not, maybe just quarter decent idea, you know, would, would pile into these SPACs and, and it, it draw a lot, it drew a lot of capital. Um, you know, there were some pretty high profile people who were going into them and they used, I think they were using a lot of the high profile names to try to draw people into it. I don't know exactly how they, the whole channel worked. I never really got into any of that, but I did, I did watch it you know, from a distance, but it's just interesting to see this really struggling this year. And then to top that off, you know, Wall Street also just uh, is starting to jump on with these things called zero day options. So zero, zero days to expiration options. So they're already set in 2024 up for, you know, getting people to pile into risky assets, zero days to, to expiration. That means it's, that's worse than day trading. You know, it's, it's, this is like, it's just day trading on steroids. So, you know, end one, you know, end the end one era of SPACs and right into zero ODTEs. You might hear them. You'll hear those uh, ODTEs. They're new to me too. I've I've heard I've heard rumblings of them, but 
<laughs> Apparently, Wall Street's oh, jumping on, oh, jumping on these. The big banks are on them. Hmm. ODTEs. So, ODTEs. Yep. <laughs> you know, just wait. Yeah, see not, if we start hearing about those come January, February. Oh yeah, that's an acronym uh, having something to do with eating the bugs. Eat the bugs. All right. Eads the ODTEs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, just a just a couple other quick things before we jump into housing. The so we have um, so twenty twenty three had some of the largest bank failures in the U S. wasn't really talked about. Um, we we quickly forgot about that. It did get covered a little bit early in the year, but then we quickly forgot about it. And then we're starting to see Yellen set up consolidation of the big banks, right? Consolidation big banks to regional banks. It's going to be something to watch this year. Um, you know, we we see some bank closure, some uh, branch closures going on. We see, like you said, cutbacks in the labor force, in the banking sector, the financial sector. But we're starting to see the signs of they're, they're starting to pull this all into and, and, and uh, aggregate the, this banking system. Right. So that's what we want to watch for is this funneling it down to six to ten big banks. And, the, and we're going to start, we're going to be watching for the signs that this is going on. And I, today we're already seeing some of that going on. So I, the other thing, mm -hmm. uh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. The other thing, quick thing, uh, the, the Red Sea, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The Houthis are still going forward with some attacks. Um, it's forcing retaliation and, and uh, movement of ships, different routes. Um that's becoming an issue. Um, we're seeing Iran's proxies are testing the red lines. We're seeing Russia's Novatech starting an Arctic LNG2 um, project. And this is amid US sanctions on this. So they're going ahead even with US sanctions being placed on it. So they don't really care. This would be great for Europe because it would relieve some of their energy pressures. Mm. But, um, but it's obviously going into that, you know, pushing for that war because Russia is saying we just don't care. And then Turkey is nearing the approval of Sweden's um, long awaited entry into NATO. So it's funny how they're having Turkey do this because they're sort of like a little bit like Switzerland. So they're a little bit more on the neutral side. And uh, so we're seeing the signs of war being elevated here as yeah. we, just as we even during this holiday week. Okay. I'm looking at precious metals to platinum up like almost five bucks this morning. Yeah. Spike. Yeah. And if you could repeat, if somebody's just tuned in for the first time, uh, you watch Platinum. Platinum is like uh, uh, an anchor point of sorts. And there's a, correl a correlative relationship between Platinum, right? And how the other precious metals will go. Question yeah. E each one in that complex. So we look at silver, gold, copper, platinum, palladium, aluminum. Those are the big ones that we're gonna, we watch most of the time. Mm. Obviously, you can tell some of them have more of a precious metals component. Some of them have more of a financial component. Some of them have more of an industrial component. Some of them have both, right? Platinum is an interesting one because it, you know, it, it can, it, it, it's typically historically aligned a lot with the automotive industry and catalytic converters. Um, not as much with a precious metals component. It's also, we talked a little bit about this in one of our segments about how it's become a sophisticated hedging uh, uh, commodity for energy. And I know that sounds crazy. How could it be? But it, there's a, these quant funds look at these things that are non-correlated. So platinum 
is not always because what's silver is not really moving that much today. So we'd like to see, you know, if we're going to see this big move, we'd like to see it happen in all the commodities. We'll get into the different commodity. We could take a look at those. Um, uh, we could either, we could probably take a look at those now and then we'll just move into housing if you want. Yeah. Uh, we can take a look at uh, Bitcoin as well up $500 this morning. Boom. <laughs> huge. Is it's it huge. not? <laughs> That's yeah, exciting. Money, money's moving. Exciting. If I, you know, I'm scrapping for a couple of bitcoins here and there. I'm not. Listen, I'm so conservative. I'm that idiot that in 1999 didn't buy gold from Gerald Salente at 295 an ounce. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it happens. You know, I mean, not everybody can do that. But like you've talked about silver, everybody can do some silver. You know, so yeah, that's. As a matter of fact, let's do this. Uh, I'm going to do this uh, right now right now me i'm going to buy silver from dr kirk elliott okay uh let me just take i'm going to take just this brief moment in time right now and we're going to do this right now okay this is what we're going to do um i'm going to put now ah, you know what we'll do it at uh, right at the end of the show i want everybody to call dr kirk uh today everyone can buy silver I, I'm thinking, and, and I'm gonna—I'm not gonna make any investment advice. I'm just saying, uh, I'm just dumb as a box of paper clips, and nobody's gonna be harmed uh, by buying silver. I think it's gonna just booyah, skyrocket. But let me throw back to you. Uh, yeah. I don't make any investment advice. I'm not a trader. I'm just a—you know—I'm an ivermectin smuggler. If it tells you anything, you know, <laughs> I'm an opportunist, right? Uh, anyways, all right, sir. Uh, yeah, smuggler, as long as you're not a reseller, I guess you're good, right? No, no, no. I, oh, yeah, I want to live. I got ivermectin. I couldn't get it before. So, yeah. yeah. Well, let's flip over here. We'll flip over to the silver chart and take a quick look at this while, oh. we're, while we're talking silver. Let's do it. So silver is an active, it's an active harmonic structure that we have. Um, you can see back in here, you know, we built the, uh, we built the, not a great, uh, energy build up in the breakout zone, but somewhat, you know, it did trade there. So that's good. And then you can see all these little yellow marks coming down, right? Silver really based out down in here. And it's sitting right now, right around it's two eights harmonic downside harmonic, right? So it's right around in this area we, it, it, to, to really get concerned about silver on the upside. I would say it's got to move back above this breakout zone, right? Right now we're down in here. You know, we'd like to see, you know, what we'd like to see is silver do something here, right? Right now, it's kind of just lost out in space. You know, it's just wandering between, you know, this, the breakout zone and the, and the downside halfway, right? It really can't make a move. So if it got down below 2370, which is right here, you know, that would be, that would give us some information. You know, if it got down here to 2214, that would give us even more information, right? Because that would be a full downside harmonic. So would the energy be exhausted? Would, would silver have the ability to bounce? And if it went down there quickly, right, it would, it would probably build up some energy to rebound and maybe push higher. Right now, it's just kind of lost. It's not above the breakout zone. It's not down by the halfway harmonic. It's just wandering, you know? And so with that in mind, you know, we take a look at, we'll jump over and take a quick look at copper now copper is making a breakaway you can see copper making a move up in here and it's taken off you know and that would fit with platinum let me see if i can actually take a quick peek over here at platinum see if we can pull that up 
Here's Platinum, right? It's also making a pretty good move today, breaking into new contract highs. So this is the um, April contract for um, April futures contract for copper for platinum. And this is contract highs, right? Back in here was the, where the contract came in, you know, a couple prior highs right in here. And now copper or platinum is making new contract highs. So that's fairly significant. If we look at it longer term, you know, it's still nothing big longer term. So this is looking at since 2013. So this is 10 years of history here on this chart. Copper's is sitting right here at its trend line. So no big, no big deal in perspective, in relatively speaking. Now, a, a further move higher above this, you know, thousand dollar uh, range right in here, right where I've made that yellow dot, that's, that would indicate, you know, a, a potential breakout to the upside in platinum. So we're still watching these things very closely, right? Silver, nothing silver not doing anything gold yeah gold's climbing back um from some pretty volatile moves over the last month um a huge move up you know as the red sea attack started and then a huge move down you know back into its breakout zone and now it's climbing again so so gold's making a move up copper's making a move up silver's really not doing anything and um, platinum hasn't really broken out, but a big move today, nonetheless, like you said, Pete. Yep. All right. So, uh, again, I'm going to tell everyone, uh, well, I'm going to tell everyone what I'm going to do. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do this right here. Banks are supposed to be the safest placeholders for cash in the world, but in 2022, that changed. The Federal Reserve pulled out 2.5 trillion of liquidity out of the banks, and the Fed also changed the requirements so banks don't need to keep any funds on hand. This means banks are starved for liquidity and have now become very dangerous places to hold your assets. Get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, Ph.D. at 720-605-3900. Banks are supposed to be... And away we go. I had to do that just because, okay? Nobody's going to be harmed by you picking up the phone and calling Dr. Kirk. I'm going to buy some silver. Everybody else buys silver. And let's rock and roll. Uh, I wish he sold uh, Bitcoin. Uh, I don't even know if he does. 500 bucks. Can you imagine that? It's going to be going. I mean, it's just out of control, but it's so volatile. I mean, he could, yeah. you know. Well, there's a good, there's good signs that we're hitting. January could be a high. Um, there's, a, there's some work. We'll, we'll pick up cryptocurrency at some point. It's just a lot to swallow right now, but the, uh, mm. there's a good chance that January to February, we should see some sort of a topping pattern in the, in Bitcoin and the cryptocurrencies. Um, you know, a lot of this could be year end run up. Um, a lot of it could be prepping for early 2024. Um, we'll see. Let's like, like I said, you know, silver hasn't convinced us yet. Gold is strong, but not convincing. It is within reach of, of new highs. It wouldn't be inflation adjusted highs. Inflation adjusted highs would be 33 to 3,500, somewhere in there, I do believe. So gold, you know, it, it, it's within reach of price highs, all-time price highs. Um, you know, platinum is strong, but again, not break, not not convincing yet. And copper is strong, but also not convincing. So I'd say, you know, it, it's not bad time to accumulate with the fears of 2024 coming, at, coming, you know, upon us quickly. But at the same time, you know, there's, 
keep some powder dry, right? Because there's a chance we can get some pullbacks here and you could pick some up cheaper. So it's just keep that in mind, right? You know, it's always good to accumulate some, but it's also good to keep a little powder dry. And we'll be watching that, right? So we're going to, you know, if you stay tuned, we're not, we're going to keep, we'll cover metals. We'll cover metals every time we get together. So every segment we'll do a little bit on metals for sure. Good. All right. Now, uh, getting word right now, mortgage rates are starting to come down and there's a reason for that, isn't there? Yeah, lots of reasons. Um, boy, this is, this could open up. We could turn this into a, you know, two hour documentary here, but, um, so, you know, this goes all the way back to LBJ, right. And, and that's how long this housing thing has been built up. I was doing some work and we'll do this some more because I'm not sure we have the time here right now. If, if we do, that's great. We can continue to move forward, but you know, we go all the way back to Lyndon Johnson and we go back to the, uh, you know, he called it the great society, right? So we had the 1930s where, you know, we did a lot of government funding for housing, but LBJ did a, he did the first private move into subsidizing housing, right? And it created a lot of problems. It started the wave. And, you know, then it trickled through every single administration after that without getting in a lot of great details. You know, we went through the 70s, right? And, the, you know, the, the disconnection from the, from, the gold standard in the currencies. And then we got into the Reagan era where we kind of got bailed out because we had huge growth. Not much was done on the, the, uh, government side, the regulatory, the, um, the, uh, you know, structural side, but what did happen was incomes increased, right? And we had the dual income. So all of a sudden housing became more affordable as a result of a strong economy and more income, right? It didn't really structurally, it didn't come down in pricing, right? The, the, the back, the backdrop was still there for an unaffordability uh, scenario in the background, but the, the income increases made it affordable. So we pushed through that. Then we get into, yeah. And you can see on this one, we're looking at a potential topping here, right. In the existing home sales. You know, we, we look at the mid-June 2022 to mid-June 23, we get a double top. This is the first time we've seen this happen in the last 10 years where we've seen some sort of a flattening out in prices. And so when we look at this and we go through, you know, the administrations and we look at like, you know, all the way from LBJ, all the way through Reagan, through Clinton, right, through Bush, Bush one, Bush two. And we see that this whole thing's been built up for a long, long time, right? And if you can flip over to, I think it's the next one, Pete, we'll start to get a quick brief look at this. So in this red box, I've, I've isolated the chart you're seeing right now. And the next chart is isolated in a red box. Yep. So that shows you this is non-seasonally adjusted. Okay. So this is pretty pure data. And you can see this thing is just, just taking another leg up, right? I mean, it's accelerated. This just isn't, I mean, if you look at charts, if you look at things, this kind of stuff isn't really sustainable, except in like Bitcoin, right? Where we see this stuff happen all the time. But, you know, housing is a massive asset class. So you're not going to see something that's that big move up like this and be that sustainable for that long. The reason I go in all the way back to LBJ and we'll, and Pete and I'll dig into this at some point a little bit deeper um, and go through each administration and what each administration did to lead up to this. But we just keep pushing money into the system, right? And, and it, we're getting a very unhealthy situation here in this, in this housing market. And if you look at this chart, you know, that, that 
that one right there it's just an unsustainable situation and what's going on is you know we're getting um right now we're getting things like um um you know we're getting yelling coming in and backstopping it directly and indirectly the federal reserve is backing off like pete was saying right they they sense right they're seeing this kind of stuff happen where they're sensing the um the the affordability just it's just it, it can't be maintained and and this chart right here is showing that right so back in the 2006 2007 right housing wasn't affordable right and then we approached this time period of 2009 to 2021 where we were right at the threshold of affordability and now we're back down again around you know weaker than we were back in 2006 and 2007. so we're seeing this housing price continue to skyrocket right and, and go basically you know non-linear right you know accelerating to the upside and yet the affordability is coming down and you have to start wondering when will this when will these two things um you know reach an equilibrium or and a lot of times that's not what happens they go from a point of massive unequilibrium to a point of they, they've completely will go the other way to a point of massive unequilibrium in the other direction what's going to cause this you know, I don't know. Um, I don't know what can cause it. I can speculate on 10 or 15 different things. It might be the culmination of those 10 or 15 different things. But the the point is, you know, that affordability chart shows quite a bit. And, and so the Federal Reserve is probably sensing this. They're probably sensing that they need to back off on rates and to try to keep this balloon floating, right? And so they probably need to back off at the same point in time, though. We just talked about earlier in the session how there's the small things like rice. Well, rice isn't a small thing. Rice is significant for the world. But rice hitting a 15-year high, right? Cocoa hitting a 46-year high. I know cocoa doesn't seem like it's a, a staple that, you know, is a necessary thing. But we're seeing these things happen, right, where these prices are skyrocketing. And so, you know, if the Fed starts to back off on trying to tame inflation, right, to keep the housing market afloat, right, then that means inflation is going to rear its head again. So that's what we're looking at as we go into 2024. You know, the copper market is already pricing in an 80% chance in the swap market, right, which I won't cover too much on that. But the swap contract is saying it's implying an 80% chance the Fed will begin its rate cuts starting in March, right? So the market's begging for this. The market's demanding it. And so if the market doesn't get what it wants, it's going to throw a fit. That's how all this stuff is connected, right? Is that, you know, if, if we see copper, you know, get let down, right? The copper swap market, if we see the stock market get let down, everything will get let down if the Fed doesn't deliver what the market expects in March, right? And they're expecting not only just one in March, but they're expecting a series of four to six rate cuts through 2024. This is to keep the housing market afloat, right? But then it dis on the other side of the thing, on the other side of the coin, you know, they need to tame inflation, right? Can they, and so right now we've been bailed out. We did a little bit on this about China, right? China's weakness is actually giving us a little wiggle room because they're sort of absorbing the recessionary pressures that we should be going through. So it's sort of, it, this is why we have to keep the whole global perspective in mind is that China is actually helping us get through this whether or not it's enough, that's going to be the big question, right? China's weakness is helping us. They're they're taking the recession for us, basically. Awesome. Awesome, yeah. awesome. All right. More housing market? 
Um, yeah, so the, the other chart that we have on here is the 30-year rate, right? And that'll just kind of give you an idea of where we've been, right, over the last 15 years since 2000, basically since the real estate crisis, that's D5. And this is the 30-year rate, you know, since the housing crisis. And so you can see it went down and then it spiked up over the last two, two to three years. And, and that's what's caused this pressure. That was what was required to try to get inflation in check. And remember who created the inflation, right? That was the Federal Reserve. Because realistically, coming out of 2008 and 2009, they should have, they should have started raising rates earlier, but they didn't. They stayed with quantitative easing. They went to Operation Twist, right? It's just, we could go on. The, the gimmicks, the ECB had their gimmicks, right? Teltros, Quattros. I mean, it's, it's not ending, right? All these, you know, three-letter, you know, four-letter, you know, <laughs> scams that they put out there for us to try to accept. But the point is, you know, this is coming to a point where the decisions are going to, you know, the, the rubber's hitting the road finally, right? After 60 years of trying to inflate this housing market, every single administration in one form or another, it, it looks like this, and that's a big call because, you know, when you see a 60 year trend, it's tough to make the call that this is coming to an end, but we're starting to see the signs that it's something's got to give here, right? Something's got to give. So that takes us back to the metals. That's why we keep an eye on the metals. That's why we keep an eye on, it's why people are piling into Bitcoin. That's why people are looking at these different things. They're looking for other places to put their money to hang out, you know, as this thing starts to unravel, which it looks like we're getting there, you know, and, and that's what we're going to be watching for we're going to continue to be watching the signs for all this stuff and that's why we watch the dollar that's why we watch the debt market that's why we watch the metals and then obviously everybody keeps an eye on the stock market awesome craig look at gold left hand column yep right moving platinum gold right silver yep. oh there you go silver uh, you were looking at there. That's the one that you just had up. Let's take a look at gold. Yeah, I'll flip over to gold here. Yeah, here's gold. So gold's, so yeah, so gold's made, just since we've been talking here, it's made a move from, you know, 2080, 2082 to say 2092. So up $10 just since we've been talking, right? So you can see that move up right over in there. Copper, so up, uh, oh, sorry, copper up uh, six something, right? Yep. So there's copper actually backing off since we've been talking a little bit, but strong, you know, up around, uh, you know, up around, yeah, it's, it's definitely strong. I mean, it's contract highs. Let's take a little bit longer. Look at the copper here. Yeah. So we're in, if you take a look at this, we're in an upward sloping channel, right? But, but again, you know, keep it in mind, right? You know, if we look at this bigger picture, this is a monthly chart. So this is going back into, you know, 1972, right? So back here is 1972. This is the 1970s right here, right? And then here's the 1980s, right? Here's the 1990s, right? Here's the 2000s right through here, 2000, 2010. So you can see copper's definitely been in a move up here over time. Um, you know, I wouldn't, again, just keep it in perspective, right? There's a lot of this could be year-end light trading. 
Um, a lot of it could be, it could be something. It could be the beginning of war. Like I said, you know, at the beginning, we're talking about all these things that are being set up. You know, there's, there's clearly, clearly, you know, a narrative being built around war. I just, you know, we're talking Iran, we're talking Russia, we're talking Turkey, right? We're talking the Red Sea, you know, we're as a result of Israel, you know, pretty soon they'll have Taiwan in the mix, right? I mean, it won't be long until they put Taiwan back in the mix. So they're clearly trying to instigate this. And, you know, and that being said, you know, let's just keep our heads in the metals. You know, if you're looking to buy some and it feel, makes you feel good, definitely get some. You know, if you don't have any, definitely get some, you know, a typical allocation for people would be somewhere between five and 10%. So if someone has a hundred thousand dollars, five to 10,000 in the metals would be good. That's a typical standard, you know, run of the mill, plain vanilla allocation. If you want to take it to 15%, understand why, talk to Dr. Kirk, he'll tell you why, you know, if you want to take it down to 3%, is it strengthening, right? We, we also like to sell on strength. So as, as metals, so we had the attack in the Red Sea a couple weeks ago that I was selling, right? You know, because it was a huge rub, you know, we were long into it. And then you turn around Sunday night, you hit the full upside objective. It's a pretty good spot to take a low risk short, you know, but the same point, you know, if you want to take your allocation up above five to 10%, you know, talk to Dr. Kirk and understand why, right? He'll walk you through that. His team will walk you through that. I'm sure. Right. I don't, I don't know that, but I'm, I'm assuming they will. I'm sure, I, I know I'm sure they will. <laughs> so. It's okay for me to be, for instance, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna harm myself by by buying some silver myself, especially since I'm such a tightwad, <laughs> and, and yeah. I'm broke, and I'm broke. Yeah. I'm in independent media, so. <laughs> well, well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, and that's the you know that's the beauty of silver is that you know if we did have a breakdown of some type, you know, silver is going to be the one that you're going to want to go to because it will be the most easily acceptable for day-to-day -day goods. Um, it's also understandable by people, you know, people don't understand, like, you know, it, it would be a very easy form of currency for purchasing things. So not only that, it's a store of value. So there's a, there's a lot of benefit to silver. There's so many benefits to silver, you know, even over gold, even over platinum, even over copper. Yes, sir. All right. Now, listen, uh, I hope I didn't throw you off of your your path each and every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. We've been doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Actually, um, I'm going to step out on a limb. I haven't talked to you about this, but uh, I want to kick off uh, beginning next Monday with uh, with our, our daily. Uh, uh, I just stuff's going to get stupid. I think we should start beginning. Yeah, Monday. let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, let's, there's just so much so much stuff but um um and it'll give us a good continuity because we'll go day to day and we'll be able to cover the economic data when it comes out so we're not talking about it a day after it's happened or a day before it's happened we'll be talking about when it happens and we'll get to see the reaction in the markets and we can talk about that so that'll be if, i think if that'll be interesting to people if, if you if you don't mind can you um can you cover like for instance i'm looking at the you know the nasdaq is taking a hit downward and the Dow's spiking upward. That, uh, to me, as a just a novice yeah. observer, that seems kind of awkward to me. What's going on there? Yeah, let's take a look at the Nasdaq here. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, so here's our harmonic structure. Okay, um, we talked about this at pretty good lengths when it happened. Right. We would have loved to have seen more time spent down in here, but 
this was a result of the contract roll. So we rolled from what's called the December futures contract into the March contract, right? This runs on the business cycle. So if we were, if you, for those of you who are following along, you'll remember the, the and now I might be able to pull it up here. Let's see if I still have it. Yeah, this will, I'll let this back populate while we're talking here. It'll take a little bit because this contract's actually expired, but you'll see the NASDAQ traded inside this breakout zone, right? And so, and it's kind of nice because it's going backwards right now and you can watch it fill this that pink zone, right? So that's how the market builds up energy, right? Once it breaks out of there, right? Then we can, we can come up with a pretty good um, harmonic structure that will give us guidelines as to where the NASDAQ can actually go. Right. So if you look at this, you can see this NASDAQ moved up into that pink zone, went sideways for a while, and then it broke out to the upside. Okay. So that's the December contract that's now expired, right? That's no more, but not trading anymore. So if I flip over here to the March contract, right, that pink zone down there, down here is still the same levels as we were seeing on the, where it traded sideways, but we flipped contracts. So we didn't, so it, it, I know it's a little confusing here. It's one thing expires, the other one becomes active. That's where we are with this March contract. So with that in mind, with that little bit of background, right, you can see the NASDAQ went up, hit this dark green line, right? That's what we call our halfway harmonic and it hit it and I've got it marked with these pink dots. So it hit it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times, okay? And this morning it just went up and hit the six eights level right up here and now it's backing off. Maybe I can blow that up a little bit more so people can see it. There you go. So you can see we hit this, hopefully you can see this line. Let me change this color of this. Um, there you go. That'll be a little bit better. So now you can see that bright turquoise line. That was our six eighths harmonic. And if you look closely enough, you can see we hit it almost exactly, right? You can see right in here, we hit that exactly. And then now we're backing off of it, right? So right there, right? And and so the key is, you know, what will happen when we come back down and when we test in this five eighths level, we come back down and test the halfway again, right? That's what we're looking for. If we break above here, then we're going higher, right? We'll probably next thing will be the seven eights, you know, so it'll be right up around in here and then we'll go to the full harmonic up in here. So that's what we're going to keep monitoring the progress of. But yeah, the NASDAQ hit its, it's hit its objective and or it's hit its six eights, right? Harmonic, right? And it's working its way up toward the objective. We'll see what happens as we go into the end of this year and we roll into the first of next year. Um, you know, can this NASDAQ spike up, hit the full upside objective because it's within reach? If it does, that's going to be create an exhaustion situation. And if we get an exhaustion situation, a lot of times there's there's a, basically what it means is there's a lot of air underneath this market. So it can give way, right? It's not a rock solid structure. This whole move up has been, in my opinion, the more I watch this, it's showing more and more signs of being a government backed rally. You know, Janet Yellen, the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, um, all these central banks around the world, the market's demanding it. There could be other things going on, maybe some more nefarious things, you know, setting this up for some World Economic Forum speak. There's other things that could be going on here. And the, but let, let's, while we're, while I'm saying that, let's flip over and we'll take a look at the, um, we'll take a look at the S&P, right? Because that's the big one, right? That's, this is probably the most important stock market in the world right here because it's 500 of the biggest, largest cap stocks. 
and it's pretty significant market. So let me flip over there. There we go. Yeah. So you can see it also hit its upside halfway harmonic. And again, noted by those pink dots, there's three of them. And it just about got to its six eights level. Let me bring that into front and center for you here too. So you can see that didn't quite get there, but it came up very close, right? Right here. And so it's backing off now too. So this is what we're watching. This is what we watch are these harmonic structures. Maybe you can't see that line. Let me flip that over to a different color as well. There we go. Okay, so now you see a little bit better. Nice. Um, yeah, and so this is what we're watching. This is why we watch the harmonics, right? To see how this unfolds. And NASDAQ hit it six eights. S&P's hitting, almost hit it six eights, right? We could flip over the Dow. It's gonna be a very similar picture, although the Dow's a little bit different right now because it's a flight to quality. Um, let me see if I can, maybe I'll pull that up here as we're, as we're talking a little bit. There we go. I didn't really have the Dow queued up. Um, yeah, probably probably not very easy to see right now, but you can see it's almost a pro, well, a flip over here. There we go. So this is what we're looking at is this high compared to this prior high. So basically we're looking at this level up in here. That's what we want to see if the Dow can start to clear that level. I don't have all the harmonics listed on this one. So it's going to be a little bit harder to compare that with the other ones. But the big ones to watch for are the S&P, the NASDAQ. You're not going to get fooled too often if you're watching those two. NASDAQ usually leads the way up and down. S&P is a little, usually a little more stable because it's got 500 stocks in it and they're all 500 of the largest cap U.S. stocks. So those are the things that we're watching for in the in the in the stock market. And we're close. We could finish this going into year end, going into beginning of next year. That would make it a very interesting situation going into January, going into the World Economic Forum, where we know we're going to get a lot of sideways speak, you know, around climate change. Um, you know, just line it up, right? I mean, we can't even begin to imagine what they're going to be talking about at this year's World Economic Forum. Oh, I, I know. If, if Tedros is any indication, <laughs> did you hear what he said? He wants to end my barbecues, okay? He's freaking wingnut. Who's that guy? Well, I mean, he's a guy that should be in jail, but he isn't. He's running the W. <laughs> running did you hear what he said? Did you, did you happen to catch that? Uh, I've, I've, I've heard, go ahead and tell me, cause I'm, I'm not sure that I know exactly what you're oh, speaking I'm about. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you, I want you to listen to this freaking okay. nut. Okay. Listen to this. Our food systems are harming the health of people and planet. Food systems contribute to over 30% of greenhouse gas emissions and account for almost one third of the global burden of disease. Transforming food systems is therefore essential by shifting towards healthier, diversified, and more plant-based diets. If food systems delivered healthy diets for all, we could 
save 8 million lives per year. Oh, yeah. WHO is committed to supporting countries yeah. to develop and implement policies to improve diets and fight climate change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm therefore very pleased that over 130 oh, countries pleased. have signed the COP28 UAE declaration. Shut your cake hole, okay? Shut your mouth. This guy says we're going to save 8 million lives. This is the same freaking idiot just a couple years ago that said we're going to kill 10,000 people to save one person from COVID. Oh, okay. That's good math there. Huh? Yeah. I mean, can you believe how these people talk in circles? It's like, we're going to kill people to save people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like getting advice from the communist dictator, the murderous Ethiopian <laughs> communist dictator, right? Yeah. She's not even allowed in his own home country. Isn't that right? Yeah. And then they kick him out. Yeah. We're going to save 8 million lives. It's going to cost us 50 million, but 8 million lives we're going to save. Okay. Thank you. Oh, my God. These people are out of their minds. I'm yeah, if you don't, I'm if you don't laugh, you. you'll cry, right? Because it's yeah. just insanity. It's absolute insanity. Yeah. If I and if I, it, I I'm not going to cry. I'm going to light up the barbecue. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. all so, right, uh, Craig Winklewitz. Uh, next week we start every single day. Uh, bring new market updates. You guys are going to want to follow it. We are not miss. Well, not we. I am the master of ceremonies for this venture. I'm learning right along with you guys. We have to be. Um, we have to be paying attention to this because they're going to take away your barbecues. They're going to start killing you. You know, oh, soybeans are down. How could that be? They're freaking pumping soy into men of the world. Um, <laughs> should be <laughs> should be skyrocketing. Sir, uh, get, do me a favor. Give out that. Uh, I don't have the text alert number in front of me. If you have it, I have it here. Uh, let everybody know you can join us in our community. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to I'm going to lay out this housing situation in Ultra today. Um, you know, now that we have the week between Christmas and New Year's, I'm going to do a nice long uh, layout in there on the housing going all the way back to um, LBJ, all the way through all the administrations. Nice. And then we'll cover this again next week. That way people can take a few minutes to read it, let it soak in. And then we'll cover it again next week because this is important. Housing is a really, really important component that everyone can understand that we really need to pay close attention to because the mainstream media is not going to tell us when we need to know, right? They're not going to tell us when we need to know. It's just the way that they work. Yeah. So if you can jump in, it's ULTRA, text ULTRA ULTRA to 844-837-5132. Um, you can check out the some of the things we've done on the metals. Uh, we've been doing some stuff on the equity stock markets of late. And then I'm going to do this long, long drawn out deal here over the next couple of days in the housing market. So you can really dig in and get your teeth into this and understand how this, how we are, where we are. Yeah. We're going to do a, uh, also we're going to plan for mass barbecues to put that guy freaking out of his misery. All right. What do you think? Oh, uh, won't that be the day? Won't yeah. that be the day we can see those guys get some of their own medicine? They, they need to, sir. Thank you very much for your time. That's all we got time for right now. Make sure you guys tune in each and every day. That's right. Text ULTRA to 844-837-5132. I want to jump in in that timeline, too, because I, I want to see. Uh, as a matter of fact, can we put these and R's next to their name? I don't even think that really matters. but It um, doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter, Pete. It, You'll see it has no bearing on what's going on. It's it's almost one leads to the other. It just doesn't matter. Uniblob, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. absolutely. 
All right, you guys, uh, that's all we got time for. Uh, tune in this afternoon uh, for the LFA show. Uh, at uh, Oh, that's that, that thing is kicking butt over there. You guys get to catch us on LFA. And ladies and gentlemen, definitely uh, join us over there. We'll see you at 3.30, actually, over at our Locals channel. 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, make sure you join us. Bye, everyone. The world is about to shift. Banks are going cashless globally with the emergence of central bank digital currency, which will bring with it programmable money and the ability to turn on or off your purchasing power based on your digital social profile. It's like the equivalent of spyware in your bank account. You need to get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, PhD, 720-605-3900.